This episode is brought to you by Five Star Painting, a neighborly company. Five Star Painting is looking for new owners to join their growing company. Could this be the perfect opportunity for you? Are you driven? Do you have the heartbeat of an entrepreneur? If you're interested in running your own business, text Five Star B-I-Z, that's Five Star B-I-Z, to 87000 right now to learn more. And by Away. Away makes first-class luggage at coach prices and allows you to charge your phone on the go for $20 off a suitcase Go to awaytravel.com slash TMS and use the promo code TMS. That's awaytravel.com slash TMS and the promo code TMS. Coming up on TMS, shirtless with Brian. Running into a battle with a floppy doom hammer. Way thin and pants up to the nipples. Ridiculed by French clowns. Space walrus squeezings. That guy in politics lied. <laughs> Making things with Bill. Jury duty and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. Tiberius was a heretic. The Malta has clearly been a hotbed of heretical activity. This is Ordo Hereticus jurisdiction, and we will purge every last hole of that accursed ship. <laughs> The Morning Stream. What are you gonna do? Charge me with smoking? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to TMS. It's the Morning Stream for Tuesday, August 13th, 2019. I'm Scott. He's Brian. Hi, Brian. God. Hello, Scott. Boy, it feels like it's been forever since we did a show. We, uh, we missed that last Thursday. And then, oh, I took off for a little bit. Yeah, that's okay. Look, yeah, you you okay. went got right. you, got your noodles cooked there in uh, Vegas, and uh, you know, <laughs> you gotta... boy, did I hundred and two, hundred and four, nice and it hot, was hot. Yeah, nice it was uh, it was better here. Weirdly, we had we had really hot week before, but then leading up to your Vegas trip, uh, or yeah, leading up to your Vegas trip, it got really hot, and then while you were there, we were like seventy five to eighty most days. It was nice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, that's very nice. Yeah. So uh, we're going to talk about all that, what happened in Vegas, Brian's big birthday bash. That's right. Uh, we're going to talk about the weird-ass wedding I did yesterday and yes. uh, some other stuff. We got a big day. We got a big show. We are sad to have been uh, gone so long, but we're happy to be back. It's probably the last of the big summer, uh, you know, mm -hmm. somebody's gone summer. I think bit. so. Well, you know? I think so. We'll see. Um, I... May have a, a trip to Hawaii coming coming up sometime. We'll see. Whoa. The, um, uh, where'd that come from? <laughs> it's a long story, but uh, Tina might need to go down there for work, and I I will certainly go with her if that's the case. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Albuquerque? Eh, but uh, <laughs> Hawaii? Yeah, I think I'll, I think I'll go. You'll, but You'll make the time. Sure. I'll make... Yeah. But uh, that might be a fun one to try and do a, a show from. Although... I guess the time change would be what three hours earlier than than we do here. Uh, let's see, or just two hours earlier. Is three? Is it three? Or does it change depending on the time of year? I don't even know. I think it is three. Three sounds right. Yeah, we we three, oh, ooh, that means it'd be <laughs> hold on a second. Be, Six a.m. in uh, Hawaii when we do the show. Well, we could do we could do the days you'd be gone. We could do like uh, later here. Uh, that's no problem. I could work that out. Right. And then oh, we could do that. Or you know, th there's actually nothing wrong with. Knocking the show out early and then just going and laying on the beach for the whole morning, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's true. And you get up early anyway. Yeah. You're one of those guys. So, exactly. So, why not? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see how it goes. 
So I sense four hours says could be good. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, really? Is it four hours? Is That's that true? What could be good says that could not. That may not be good if it's four hours. We'll could see. not be good. Yes. Uh, you sound uh, slightly tired. I'm guessing it's because of uh, a little tired. Yeah. Yeah, a little tired, a little hoarse. Um, just because it was a, I don't know, it was a, it was a blast of a weekend. So, uh, here's here's kind of the rundown. Here's the the skinny. So we went out on Friday morning with, uh, of course, me and Tina, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Crazy Neighbor, uh, my aunt and uncle, uh, George and Barb. If you've uh, if you've heard me talk about them, of course, and uh, my friend Chris Brown. The one that not, beat up Rihanna, the one that punched her. Not the not the beating up. Rihanna, oh, not the, oh, not that one. Oh, okay. No, I always no, get no, confused no. that he's the one that punched her in the eye. That's no, he not might, the one. He might actually have a. Uh, there might actually be a restraining order from Vegas with that Chris Brown. <laughs> oh, there might well, be that's... one with this Chris Brown now, but but uh... sure, sure. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so we all went out there, uh, made our way over to Mandalay Bay. They took total total care of us, man. They. Um, uh, I gave him, I did the $20 trick. Have I talked about the $20 trick? When you check into a hotel in Vegas, um, between you stick a 20, folded $20 bill between your license and your credit card. And then as you hand it to them, you ask them, uh, you say, do you have any complimentary upgrades available? Yeah. And here's my experience. Uh, one of two things will happen. Okay. They'll either uh, take the $20 bill and say, oh, thank you very much, but no, I don't think we've got anything to work for. And they'll slide it back towards you. Or they'll give you some sort of upgrade. And I've had room upgrades where I've gotten, where I've paid for a, a regular room and gotten upgraded to a suite. I've gotten upgraded MGM Grand to a suite on the bottom level. So basically, you're two doors, two locked doors away from the casino. No elevator, no nothing. You just walk out the door and you're in the casino. Okay. Which is awesome. So yeah. you can get out really quick. Sure. Uh, get out to a cab really quick instead of having to do the whole, you know, the whole dance. Um, I've gotten, you know, upgraded to a strip view and I haven't had a strip view or, or uh, we had a wraparound room at the Delano. Um, so it's a really, you know, it, it, it almost always works. And if it doesn't, they almost always just give you your $20 back. So it's the first bit of gambling I ever do in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, Mandalay Bay. It sounds like you me, win more than the house, by the way, on your little bit of gambling when you get to Vegas. It seems like you yes, win. Yes, when you do that, yeah, yeah. That, that's where you can take something from the house. Right. So the uh, um, the uh, the deal with Mandalay Bay, they handed, uh, or not handed me, I gave him the $20. He said, ah, Mr. Ibbett, thank you. I see it's your birthday. Thank you for the gratuity. Uh, what I'd like to give you is $150 in, um, in credit to spend at any of our restaurants and bars and, and Jeez, things here. That's great. Oh, okay. I'd like that. Thank you very much. So, uh, basically once we got checked in, I took everybody out for, for lunch <laughs> at, uh, the, the beachside cafe. Um, I paid for all their food. I didn't pay for their drinks cause that actually that would have been way <laughs> more than <laughs> like, 150 bucks. Yeah. No kidding. Easily. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, did you tell so them, though? Nice did they deal. know? Or did you go out there going, hey, I'm buying everybody lunch. Don't worry about me, you guys. It's on me. Everything but drinks. Um, hey. No? I, I didn't have to because uh, all the, all the uh, you know, one half of everybody in our group, basically all the men, came up with me. And we all checked in with the same guy at the same time because we wanted to try and get uh, rooms together. Oh, I see. Okay. Actually, I didn't care about getting rooms together, but they wanted to try and get rooms together because sure. it, was, it was convenient. And as as is the case, it actually did work out fairly well for things. Sure. But uh, 
But I think if I would have gone up there solo, I might have gotten a suite. Mm. But there was only <laughs> suites available on the level everybody else was on. So they gave me this instead. Totally fine with that. I think this was actually this actually worked out better. You make great sacrifices for your friends. That's what we know. I do. Yeah. Tell me about it. Yeah. Right? I do. Yeah, you do. So, um, so, you know, uh, jump kind of forward here. That was the Friday. Uh, went out to Best Friend Korean Barbecue at... Uh, um, Park MGM for dinner that night. It was good. It's if you've seen the uh, the Netflix Netflix show uh, Chef Show, which is kind of a continuation of the movie Chef, sort of, kind of. Mm. Um, it's Roy Choi's restaurant. The guy who's hanging out with John Favreau, and so he's he's got his uh, Kogi tacos, his Korean beef tacos. We had some Kalbi. We had some Banchan. We had um, whole bunch of like a whole table full of of really good food. Sounds fantastic. It was really good. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, and I'll kind of skip ahead here to Saturday night. Um, so I've talked about on the show when people have asked me uh, my favorite restaurant in Vegas or yeah. on Twitter, yeah. I've always said Chino Poblano. Yeah. It's a uh, Jose Andreas restaurant in the Cosmopolitan. It's a blending, a fusion of Chinese and Mexican foods, and it's really, really good. You can, you know, first couple times I went there, they had this thing on there called Jose's Way where they bring you like a 13 to 15 course meal. And a lot of these things are small, like a dumpling here and a little thing of ceviche there. And um, But you don't leave hungry. You leave stuffed. Why Why don't they call it China Poblano and not and China instead? I don't know. Hmm. I have no idea. Because since it's Chinese to food be, and, and Italian, you'd think they would emphasize the China, but they just say China? To be, uh, to be edgy, I guess. I got I it. I don't know. All right. Yeah. Uh, there's probably some reason and... and and we're never gonna know. Never, <laughs> we, they never. We never got the brochure when we. <laughs> All right. So, uh, but they've taken that. They've since taken that off the menu, and uh, it's a bummer, right? So when I called and made the reservation, I said, "Hey, come in there for my birthday. It's gonna be you know the Saturday night. Uh, be gonna be bringing six people, seven people with us." And uh, quick question: I noticed you guys don't have the. Um, the Jose's way thing on the menu anymore. And she's like, yeah, we took that off. But if that's something you're interested in, let me know. And we can offer that to you at the price it was on the menu before. Um, it won't be the same foods, but it'll be what the chefs are doing now that are kind of their, their signature things. And I'm like, oh, that sounds great. And she said, oh, and it's your birthday. And, and then she said, and um, do you have any other things going on that night? I said, yes, we're going to uh, Absinthe. We have an eight o'clock show at Absinthe, so we need to be out. She says, okay, then I would arrange, I would plan on two hours for dinner, <clears throat> get here at 5.30, we'll have you out by 7.30, and you'll have plenty of time to get to the show. Great, sounds good. All right, so uh, checked with everybody. Three of us decided we were going to do the uh, the off-the-menu order, and then everybody else was just going to order stuff on the menu. Yeah. We get there, and uh, they seat us, and they confirm uh the the jose's way thing they wish me a happy birthday they say we're going to take care of you tonight and, and the chef even comes out and says hey uh understand it's your birthday and we're and you're going to be doing the jose's way i want to tell you we've got some really special things that we don't even have on the menu available that we're trying out that we're going to have as part of your your meal tonight oh very like, nice oh, yeah. sweet this is going to be great yeah as long as it's not like a a cat's tail dipped in goo or something it'd be fun <laughs> dude if he if he brought that and, and said it's really good then i probably would eat it but sure. yeah sure. I, I wasn't expecting anything like that anything that wacky <laughs> right so uh but stuff starts taking a little while they bring us our drinks and 
we're kind of waiting. Tina ordered their smaller prefix, which is like a six or seven course prefix, and they brought hers. And a couple of the people uh, that we were with brought their meals. But the three of us are kind of waiting for the Jose's way to stuff. Uh, Jose way, Jose's way stuff to start. Yeah. And uh, then it starts trickling out. And mind you, we've been at the restaurant maybe for about half an hour, forty minutes at this point. Okay. Oh, geez. All right. And we're like, wow. And, and we're kind of looking at each other like, if they're gonna cram, you know, thirteen. <laughs> 13 courses into uh, into like an hour we better start making some it better start happening quickly right uh and that's kind of what happened stuff started trickling out and then as, as we got closer to the time we had to leave and like 7 30 we were going to be pushing it because this is at the um cosmopolitan uh the absinthe is at the at caesar's palace which is two hotels down but two hotels down in vegas is like 12 city blocks anywhere else oh yeah no you don't just hop you don't just hop over you, you don't just hop over no. i mean we had we knew we were going to be walking because there was no way we were going to be able to get to a cab go down the strip and get to where we needed to go because both of those things required going to the back of the hotels right. and you know it just would have been a longer walk that way so we're like all right well, we need to do this and we need to kind of boogie. you but we're getting close to to 7 30. plus it's, they finally it's bring uh, up, saturday night in vegas there's no shortage of human there's beings. no yeah and there's no getting down the strip uh easily in a cab let alone i mean walking is going to be tough enough as it is but yeah. getting down there in a cab right so at about 7 7 30 they bring out the uh, one of the signature dishes, which is this mole tamale that is, again, not on the menu yet. And we're basically like, oh, this is great. And we're kind of each taking them, we're shoving <laughs> tamale like, oh, it's great. We need our bill. And uh, we're kind of a little get, getting a little ticked off because, you know, we told them the time we had. And it's like, well, this is delicious, but we've really got to go. And we've only gotten six, seven, maybe eight courses. And again, the first three or four were very, very small. Like one of them was sure. a uh, were heirloom tomatoes with a sauce and, and a little bit of uh, sprinkled sugar on them, a couple of dumplings, a ceviche bowl, uh, et cetera. And, and, and these have been smaller courses because they're leading up. Yeah. And uh, uh, so we're like, we've, we've got to go. So I guess just bring us the bill. Kind of disappointed. We let them know that we were disappointed. They took a little bit off the bill. And when I say a little bit, they took $10 off. Um, on one of our bills, we had split bills. Everybody else was really happy with their food, so no complaints on the other end of the table. But sure. the three of us who got the the special deal, kind of kind of got shafted. Yeah. So well, I mean, and, did they and, ever say you know, why? Were they just busy back there, or slammed, or what they was... just didn't plan? They just didn't plan well with the time, mm. and and uh, and just had a rough rough situation. But mm. we we weren't we weren't a holes about it, but we did let them know that we were disappointed we scrambled and and kind of left out of there at about 20 minutes till <laughs> kind of walk sprinting as much as we could down the strip to uh caesar's now um barb is my aunt who has ms right and she's the one who do the ms 154 and with and so she can't really get down there super fast we're we're kind of going at her speed which is totally you know totally fine but she's got some arthritis issues and stuff like that that kind of go along with the heat, the MS that make things really difficult for her. Sure. We get down to absinthe at about a minute past eight. 
Okay. 801, 802. And we're thinking, oh, God, are they going to let us in? Because this is one of those shows like Cirque du Soleil where if you show up late, they put the spotlight on you. The dumb French clown on stage goes, oh, here's a whole And they point at you and they get the whole crowd laughing. Oh, yeah, your favorite thing. I forgot. My favorite thing. Yeah. Fortunately, like we lucked out. Not only did they let us in, get us to our seats quickly, but the other people in our row hadn't shown up yet either. And so we were able to not have to displace anybody to get to our to our spots. Oh, that's like, good. All right, good. That's good. Yeah, that could have been a lot but worse. But still, kind of, yeah, still kind of fuming about the the uh, Chino Poblano situation. Sure. Uh, the next night, though, was another place that that I'd never been before called Sparrow and Wolf. This is way off strip, and this was a place that we found. And Mitzula said it's his favorite, currently his favorite restaurant in Las Vegas. And prior to that night, the Hack Five group. Uh, went down there and oh, um, did you end up running into any of those guys? You see, Jerry we ran into. I forgot to mention. Yeah, during the Chino Poblano dinner, yeah. Mazzula and uh, Brian Brushwood showed up. I never got oh. to see Jerry, so we'll talk about that probably okay. later on the show. Sure. But Mazzula came and brought me uh, my birthday present, which were uh, sunscreen flasks. <laughs> so they're bottles that look exactly like bottles of sunscreen. But you fill them with alcohol, awesome. which was perfect for Cabana Day. Yep. We loaded them up with gin and got them right in. So we had my we had the uh, the bladder that I showed off last week filled with rum, and then we had the two flasks, the sunscreen flasks filled with gin. That's great. And keep in mind, we we bought lots of drinks. We spent plenty of money. We spent three hundred fifty bucks at the Cabana right. on drinks and food and stuff. So right. they they didn't get shorted at all. Sure, sure. All right, so we're at Sparrow and Wolf, and this is a place where you're like. You know, again, you're getting these these different sharing plates, scallops, and and uh, a kind of a sea parfait, which is like different kinds of of seafood and and sauces, kind of you know stacked in a little small thing. I had roasted bone marrow, um, all these unusual unusual dishes. Looking at them now on their and menu, it, these some of this stuff looks insane, like good. Yeah, really and the good. drinks, like there's a drink that comes in a. Uh, in a little uh, copper bird yeah. that I had, and that was good. Um, Dave, crazy neighbor Dave, had a uh, a drink that was made with foie gras. Oh, what? <laughs> wow. Yes. Okay. But they, you know, they render off the fat and take that out of the drink, and so you're left with kind of a. a it, it was a weird thing, but anyway. It sounds um, super gross to me, but all right, I'll... it does, doesn't it? Yeah. I know, but uh, I tasted it, and it really there was barely a hint of anything savory. It was a very sweet hmm. drink. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, but, you know, as they're bringing our first courses, they bring over a bottle of champagne and said, we'd like to give you a bottle of, of, of or we have a bottle of champagne here for you. Yeah. Um, oh, let me back up. Let me back up because this will make more sense. All right. Uh, while we were at the cabana, so that was Chino Poblano Saturday night. Sunday at, during the day, we were at uh, our pool cabana. Yeah. And um, I get a call. It's from a Vegas number. I'm like, all right, let's see who this is. And it's um, Tony. It's Catherine oh. from <laughs> it's Tony. It's Catherine from Chino Poblano, and she says, "Brian, you know, I just I heard about the situation last night. I just wanted to call and apologize, and um, you know, let you know that that uh, that's not how we like things to go around here. And we know it's a special occasion. We feel very horribly about that. If you and and your friends, your group, would like to come back for dinner tonight, then we'd like to." like to you know treat you to the entrees that you missed give you some special desserts we had a special dessert thing that was set up for you for your birthday and we never got to bring that to you and uh we'd love for you to come back tonight that's awesome and i said 
Oh, that's that's very nice of you. I appreciate that. And but we have reservations for Sparrow and Wolf, so uh, we've got that going out tonight. She's like, "What about lunch?" I said, "Well, we're at the cabana all day today, and I don't think we want to dress up, go down there, and and then, and then come, come back, back when yeah. we've spent all this money on the cabana." Sure. She's like, "No problem. Totally understand. When you come back to Vegas, let me know, and we'll take care of you." Like, all right, cool. That's awesome, though. All right, so back back fast forward back to Sunday night Sparrow and Wolf. They bring us a bottle of champagne, and they say this is actually from Chino Poblano. They send over a bottle of champagne to us at another restaurant. Wow! As an apology uh, for for the um, for the situation, which means that you know she she paid attention when I told her where we had reservations for. They called, found out when our reservation was for, mm-hmm. and um, and then had that sent over. And it was a nice, it was a very nice bottle of champagne. They poured it for all of us, and. Uh, um, uh, so I was like, all right, well, that was really cool. And I texted her from the restaurant from Sparrow and Wolf and said, thank you. We just got the bottle of champagne. That was really nice. That actually really impressed us and made a difference. So thank you for doing that. She says, I texted back and said, um, well, when you're done with dinner there, maybe come back by here and we know you'll be full from dinner, but why don't we do the dessert thing here? Uh, afterwards. So just come oh, by here. Okay. We'll take care of your desserts and, and all that. And a couple after dinner cocktails and and stuff like like that that's great like so i i posed it to everybody else and crazy neighbor dave was the saltiest about the whole chino poblano thing from Gosh, the previous i can't night. i can't imagine that <laughs> what a shock this and, is to hear wow and he said and he's like you know what yeah let's give him another chance so here you know he was kind of going to be the tough sell yeah so uh so we're like all right i confirmed with her said all right great we'll be there at nine mm. sounds good yeah uh, we finish our meal at uh, uh, Sparrow and Wolf, and they come out with a big tray of desserts. We said, oh, well, we heard it's your birthday. We wanted to treat you to a bunch of desserts. <laughs> so they laid out like six desserts across the table, and we're there with James and Svet, who joined us. Yeah. Um, George and Barb left early because they had to rent an RV to go to Arches and Zion, and Chris Brown uh, left earlier that night as well. So it was Tina and me, the crazy neighbors, and James and Svet, and six desserts big desserts that we're like all taken pieces of and like all right well this is good uh we're gonna kind of get a lot of desserts uh and i was it's funny because half an hour before that i was kind of not really complaining to tina but i was like you know what i never really actually got birthday cake for my birthday kind of bummed yeah and then here it is 30 minutes later we've got tray number one of desserts on our way to a restaurant where they're going to provide us with another tray of desserts. was your weight watchers app going hum, 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 I, pants, hum, I basically I basically said, you know, this is a weekend where I'll have more fun if I don't even think about it yeah. and I can come back to it afterwards and I'll, I know I'll be, uh, I know I'll gain and I'll get back down to it. No problem. Cause I've done it before. Yeah. And so I, I just decided not even opening the Weight Watchers. You know what? That is, I, I'm proud of you. That's the way you should do it. It's not like yeah. you can't come back. One weekend isn't going to destroy your plan. You just exactly. go do a thing, come back, fix it all up. You're good. Yeah, that's good. Exactly. And I weighed yeah. myself late last night, and Tina and I were taking bets on how much it was going to be. Um, I'm two pounds, two and a half pounds over what I was when I weighed in on the Thursday before the trip. See, that's so that's not even bad. That's it's nothing. nothing. I can do that. You can lose two pounds in a day. You'll be fine. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, uh, so we finished up there. We made our way over to uh, Cosmopolitan, back to Chino Poblano. They sat us. They gave us exactly the same table. Which was kind of weird. Oh, wow. And it's this table. I needed to put a photo of it up on Twitter. But it's this. Oh, I did put a photo of it on Twitter. It's this table <laughs> that looks like 
<laughs> like we're at the Last Supper. So it's a C-shaped, it's it's a long uh, rectangular table with a booth around it that's C-shaped, no chairs in front of it. So we're all kind of facing the same way. Oh, I see it except here. Except for people okay. who are sitting on the on up on the other sides. Let's see. Uh... Very weird. Yeah, like we're, basically we're all we're all looking forward like we're on a bus bench. But it was you know it gives us a nice view of the whole restaurant. Oh yeah. But this now looks... that I'm looking at the photo, yeah, it really puts us on display from the rest of the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Look at Dave. He looks three sheets yeah. to the wind already in this photo. Just saying. He he was, and that was the dinner. He was, if I were to put a number on it, maybe six or seven sheets to the wind. Wow. Uh, <laughs> by the time we went there for dessert the next night. Wow. That's awesome. Uh, but they came out, they brought us, they actually, uh, we sat down. Dave's like, I want a tamale. Because <laughs> that was the thing that we kind of got cut off. And so they were all set to bring us desserts. And he's like, no, I want a tamale first. And they were like, absolutely. They went back in the kitchen. Um, had a dish brought out that was uh, similar but not exactly the same as the tamale that we we tried to scarf down before we had to leave, and it was it was awesome. It was, and that one didn't have the mole sauce. It had a green chili that was really really good. Oh, it and, sounds so uh, good! Oh my gosh, it was, it was fantastic. And yeah. so we kind of passed that around the table. Then they brought the desserts, and again, it was like an array of desserts. They have a a chocolate terracotta warrior filled with uh, milk chocolate mousse that you whack with your spoon and crack open oh, wow. uh, to enjoy. And that was freaking amazing. <laughs> their their specialty is their take on mango, uh, sweet mango rice. Mm. But it's done as kind of a as kind of a whipped mango and cream with uh, Rice Krispies on top. Oh, weird. Like Crispy actual out-of-the-box rice, rice Krispies? Like straight-up real I think, cereal? I think so. Unless they're – I don't think they're making their own puffed rice, but – did they but snap, crackle, and or pop while you were there? They Could... did snap, crackle, and pop, so it might have been right out of the box. But again, totally fine because it totally works. <laughs> um, wow. A peaches and cream dish, a strawberry shortcake kind of, you know, their take. It's all, it's all. this is our take on blank. You know, our take on peaches and cream. Our take on uh, uh, strawberry shortcake. Right. Massive, massive amounts of sugar. The sugar uh, and, and, and the sugar ended up giving uh, Mrs. Crazy Neighbor a wicked migraine. Oh no! From all, that, all that sweetness. So we that kind of cut the night short. But uh, that's um, a trigger for people the, with migraines. Is lots of sugar, isn't it? That'll get them totally. Yeah. So they brought the desserts and then they kind of indicated, "All right, well, thank you very much for coming in." But they didn't say anything like, um, "These are all on us. That's all taken care of." Oh no! Uh, take your time, enjoy this, and and, uh, and we'll see you later. Right. They kind of it was a weird thing. And Tina's like, "I don't know if that was like a, you're free to go once you finish this, or we'll be back to check on you or anything." So we kind of waited with all these empty dessert plates in front of us. We're like, "Well, let's give you know, let's see if they," because we had ordered tamale. We had a couple extra drinks ordered. They probably should bill us for that. Um, There's like a left hand back. not talking to the right hand thing going on, probably. Kind right? of, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So we're like, um, all right, well, let's, I guess let's go. And so we, we uh, threw 40 bucks out there as kind of a tip. Um, thank you, paying for a couple, you know, paying for drinks kind of thing. Like, it's not the server's fault what happens. So 
they deserve a tip. Yeah. And we get we tipped them the previous night, but we decided to tip again, tip again this night. Sure. And then we're like, all right, bye bye. We'll see you. <laughs> Okay. And they said goodbye. As we were leaving, they were like, oh, goodbye. Thanks again for coming in. So it's like, okay, well, they know we're leaving. It's not like we're going to got to like tiptoe out or anything. Right. But, uh, <laughs> but it, it just goes show. I mean, they really, like, they stepped up and um, probably would not have gone back there had it not been for reaching out and paying attention to my, uh, my offhand mention of Spur and Wolf and saying, Send them a bottle of champagne again with our apologies and see if we can get them back. So, so still your favorite restaurant in uh, Vegas? Then. Still my favorite restaurant in Vegas. Saturday night yeah. would not would have been my least favorite restaurant in Vegas. Yeah, and they they won me back with that with that uh, with that customer service because that is that is uh, totally what did it. Well done, China Poblano. You've done it, China China Poblano. Poblano. Um, China Poblano. Also, yeah, just really quickly. Uh, swimming in the lazy river at the at Mandalay Bay on Sunday during the day we had the cabana that day, mm-hmm. and a uh, woman uh, behind me goes, "Do I know you?" And I <laughs> and I looked back behind me, and I'm like, uh, "Yeah," and I could not. I swear to God, I could not place, I could not place where I knew her from. And she says, "You work with Scott Johnson, right?" And I said, "I do." Something. Oh, okay. She's a TMS listener. No, wait. That's Misha. That's my sister. So it was Scott's sister right behind me at the uh, at the. Which the really annoyed river. me. It super annoyed me because not because I mean I love my sister and that was awesome. Because guys, I took a picture with her shirtless. No, with with you with shirtless with her. You mean? Yeah. Let's make that clear. But no, it was because she, this whole I wanted to go to this trip super bad yes kim's in la i have a wedding to perform the weekend shot everything is just a giant piss pot and i couldn't go so i've been grumbling about it since i found out i couldn't go and then i find out my sister just yeah i'll just go to vegas for no reason (laughs) she's just down there like she just went on a on a whim with her daughter because she wanted she just graduated and she's like let's do a road trip mom and so they went to vegas and i'm back here going frick she gets to go i could have been shirtless (laughs) with brian that would have been amazing. Been shirtless with me. Yeah, that oh, was nice. It was actually super cool to see that. And she wrote. She texted me on her way home uh, in the car and was like, uh, just blown away that she ran into you. She couldn't believe it because the I last know. time she I saw you, or first time she ever met you, was in Vegas, and it happened in Vegas like five months ago, four months ago, whatever right. it was. Right. And there you are again in the same pool, which is so crazy, insane, totally crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what a blast. And, and, uh, oh man, the cabana we had right on the lazy river, basically we didn't have to go to a ladder. We didn't have to go to steps or anything. We walked out of the cabana past our beach chairs, stepped over a little barrier and, uh, we were in the lazy river with our tubes and you think, around. you think Dave peed in the lazy river? I'm just curious. Do you think he ever pees in there? Um, he has that I face. He has that kind oh. of face. I'm not saying he would, I don't want to oh, accuse anybody, but he's got here's, that face. Here's like, the. Here's the only reason I think he wouldn't, because he himself owns a pool. Yeah. And I think that when you own a pool, you're very respectful about not peeing in other people's pools. (laughs) You're probably right. (laughs) I don't want to throw any shade at Dave, but he has that face, that kind of shit-eating grin face. Oh, believe me, there was, you know, there were other things that, uh, (laughs) uh, that, that, you know, that he tried to get away with. We did the, uh, we did the drinking wheel. Yeah, uh, the observation wheel, and uh, where you basically have thirty minutes. It's an all-you-can-drink open bar inside one of the cars, and so we we took uh, well advantage of that. But he said, "I'm going to get everybody here drinking Long Island iced teas." I'm like, all right. <laughs> we walk in, and so it was, it was like uh, 
him, me, Chris Brown, and George and Barb, and then everybody else kind of stayed behind. They didn't want to go on the on the wheel. And then maybe about five or six other people. And he gets in there and says, I bet you make a really good Long Island iced tea. And and uh, she's like, I do. I said, I'll take one of those. And I said, you know what? That sounds good to me, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then they poured, you know, they basically filled us all up with, with Long Island iced teas. Wow. Well done, The Dave. photo you just sent me. Yeah. Is that yeah. the guy? Is that the annoying French guy? Okay. So that's... Um, so absinthe is not a is not a Cirque show. This is really cool. Like, it's oh, I a, thought it was a Cirque, a Cirque thing. Why did I think it's that? Cirque? It's Cirque like because they have acrobatics and things like that. But it's not Canadian. There was you know a Ukrainian group that was part of this. There was a a guy from Moscow who stacked chairs and climbed on top of this wobbly stack of chairs and did did stuff. Um, but this is a this is a um, purely Americanized thing. That that guy you sent a photo of is the original gazillionaire. Who is supposed to look like this greasy smarmy well he is a greasy smarmy host of this event and he's supposed to be this guy who had unlimited money brought all these people to vegas to put on the show that's the the premise that's of the conceit absent sure. okay yeah. that guy tina and i saw the other time we saw absent years ago and he was fantastic the new guy that they've got playing the gazillionaire is okay but not nearly as greasy smarmy as this guy mm. that guy just exudes smarm and <laughs> his teeth are terrible like his hair they really are just... like i mean he's but but that guy when he you know would make rude comments about people in the uh um in the audience and and be warned absinthe is my favorite show in vegas but be warned if you are offended by anything politically incorrect you will be offended by this oh great perfect is <laughs> you know it's uh you have to kind of put all that stuff uh on hold because you know he's not he's not up there using the n word or anything like right. that but he's but he's you know um oh there's a jew in the front row i bet he's good at math well it's not it's not even that <laughs> there's a that, jew in the front row who's good at math <laughs> yeah it's stuff along those lines but he did a, a lot better than i just did i can't do a good impersonation of the the, the smarminess that, <laughs> that comes across that's funny. All right. But, oh, are you two guys? Are you a couple? Because I'm trying to figure out which one of you is on top and which one of you is on the bottom. Let me see. Stand up. So it's. Oh, wow. That it's, is. It's that kind of rough stuff. So wait, that's uh, Absinthe is the show? That's Absinthe. Right. And it is It is such a great, it is a really, really great show. Brian's um, favorite show on the strip. Remember that, everybody. I would recommend that. Absolutely. One of these days, we're gonna illust- I'm going to illustrate it, the book, and we're going to make a little book, and it's going to be called brian ibbett's 100 percent perfect guide to las vegas or something there you go i should i do need to update the um i do have a page at coverville.com slash vegas for people who say hey i'm going to vegas what do you recommend but there's a few things i need to update on there so i will that's awesome uh tell me me about your weekend scott because this is enough about me let's talk about you let's talk about a couple of listeners actually because this is cool so uh some months ago i got contacted by uh adam and his fiance Megan or Meg, mm-hmm. and uh, they were getting married, and they asked um, if I could perform it. And I learned that she uh, grew up in New Zealand, was born in South Africa. Uh, he is he met her in New Zealand, but he uh, is from uh, England, from London, well, north of London. And uh, but just the English English as you get. She's basically a Kiwi because she's lived most of her life in uh, in New Zealand. Uh, her parents run like a turtle 
sanctuary in uh, Australia. Oh. Uh, he's a he's a working vet veterinarian. She's like a biologist something. I forget all that now, but she's oh, wow. super, super cool. Anyway, they decided instead of and having they live out here though. No, they live, they live in out here. no, they live in New Zealand or they live in they do live in New Zealand. Okay. The, I guess right now they're in the UK, but they they met in New Zealand yeah. while he was there, and now they're kind of based in in London. But they uh, have been listening to stuff we've done since, like, the instance in 2007. Then they moved on to everything else that ever came after that, including TMS. They're caught up on that. They listen to Skim. They're all super into all the shows, right? And so mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, so he was like, you know, when he was originally asked me, he's dropping these jokes about five tacos in a parking lot. And, you know, it was clear that he's like an old right. school TMS listener. And he said, I would really like it. I understand that you performed a few weddings. I would really love it if you performed our wedding. When we come out there in August, we're going to do this at the Salt Flats. We want to do it way out. Uh, it's like two hours, two and a half hours north of Salt Lake, northeast oh, of wow. Salt Lake, where the lake ends. And then it's just this. Well, you've seen the Knight Rider intro. You've seen the oh yeah, yeah. The, the second of these new Star Wars movies with, this, with the salt planet. That was all filmed mm-hmm. there. Uh, cool. So, so a lot of it's people amazing. have an idea. It's very Mad Maxy. Very, it's really insane. It's just it's just otherworldly for sure. It feels yeah. like you're on another, on another planet. I sent Brian some pictures from while, while I was there, but so this was just last night, yesterday. Um, anyway, they uh, turns out they got engaged in the elf forest in New Zealand that they filmed the scene where they meet with <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like all that stuff. They're super nerds about fantasy and sci-fi and all that. Um. They're beautiful people, like just a they gorgeous they couple. Just look at the photos, like model, just a cute couple. Yeah. Like, like these are people who, these are the people in the frames when you go buy a frame at the store yeah. and you take out the pretty people and put, you know, oh, here's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically like it, they are, they're, they're just beautiful people and they yeah. have, uh, so their parents are all going to come from both sides, but the ones in Australia couldn't make it. So their parents from England did, though, and they were delightful human beings. I love talking to that guy and his wife. I could talk mm. to them for days. They just were wonderful, mm. sweet people. Uh, we got there a little early. Uh, so, uh, sorry, let me back up. He says, I want you to perform the wedding, and we want Taylor, your daughter, to do our all the photography. So we thought, Taylor and I were like, oh, that's awesome. We'll do like a, you know, a little dad-daughter joint thing this will be fun um man those guys are crazy carter they, to design the wedding invitations i want uh <laughs> kim to do the catering exactly i see where this is going yeah that's some kind of weird family thing <laughs> but anyway they so what they've done is they're on a road trip that's not even done yet they came out to seattle first they rented a convertible mustang Oh, jeez. And right. they have been just driving all around. They were in British Columbia for a while. They went down to Montana. They've stayed in everywhere. All these weird Airbnbs that are like super crazy cabins and just like the strangest possible Airbnb situations. Yeah. Um, that There's the tons to that story, which I probably haven't heard all yet, which I'll hear tonight because we're having them over for dinner before they leave town. But anyway, they loop all the way around. They come to Utah for this part. They love cars and racing. And it turns out at the Salt Flats right now, it's Speed Week, which is like a big racing week, and there's tons of competition going on. So that's why they oh, wanted cool. to see that. So they wanted to get pictures with the cars and stuff like that. So we did a bunch of that yesterday. Um, did the wedding. Again, it's just me performing, my daughter running around taking pictures, the couple, and then his parents. That's it. Six of that's us. It. On, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Six oh. of us out there in the middle of the of the white. It was in, it's just crazy. 
just the weirdest thing I've ever done. And in, in all good ways. Like it, was, it was like a it was like magical weird experience to me. And they were really cute and sweet. And they had to change into their clothes in this horrible bathroom that's like part of this restaurant out there. And like it was just kind of they were just living this bohemian moment of awesome. It was just so great. Yeah. So anyway, well, they had the coolest. They were wearing the coolest stuff too. I mean, she almost had like a Princess Jasmine. I mean, just from the photo that you sent over. Mm-hmm. I mean, not not like a straight up uh, Princess Jasmine kind of thing, but but a very, you know, a very elegant, not your typical wedding dress kind of thing. And he looked like, uh, I don't know, like early. Um, who's the guy who did all the the um, the art, the production art for Star Wars? Oh, um, oh, um, uh, uh, that guy. Uh, I know. The, yes. Anyway, m- amazing book that you can buy now with all his art. In exactly. It. Not Hildebrand, but oh, okay. uh, but he looked like one of those early Han Solo drawings. Yeah. Han Solo. Han Solo. Han Solo. <laughs> Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, like he did. Really, he, really. He looked like some kind of firefly actor or something space pirate he looked like a space pirate he basically. looked a little like a space pirate but not in a goofy cosplay way it was like a good look right right ralph um, mccrory thank you yes that's who i'm trying nah, to mccrory that's who it is anyway ralph so <laughs> we do this thing they had a cake there uh we did uh uh oh i you know did the thing signed all the paperwork got them all hooked up it was pretty funny his dad signed the line that was supposed to be the husband's line by accident not the witness line so now he's got to go back to the, the county. Oh, no, so now he's married. Yeah, he married his mother. Or no, wait, he married his daughter-in-law, basically. His daughter. So now he's got to go back to the thing today, the, what are they called, this county clerk thing, and get him to fix it. Uh, or, or find out what they do. Because I'm, I'm sure they have people sign the wrong stuff all the time, you know? So yes, they have some yes, way of dealing exactly. with it. Probably just cross it out. Who knows? But anyway, uh, it was just the most delightful thing. And I got to say... Living out or going out there was like a different planet. I need to spend more time out there. It was beautiful. Yeah. How far out? How far a drive is that? From? It's about two hours, 15 minutes north uh, if, if traffic's okay. And then, um, and once you leave the city, it just opens up. It's just, you know, it's like driving anywhere far. But um, so not too bad. So yeah. in total, is like maybe four and a half hours of driving by the time we got home. But we didn't get home till like 1130 last night or something. Um, but the weather was perfect. Normally it's very windy out there. We didn't have any wind. Um, Oh, this is the other thing. To get pictures in yeah. front of these cars, you need to ask the people who own them, hey, is it okay if we take these pictures? And Taylor's just a pro, sure. dude, running around asking questions, getting everyone set up, doing what she has to do. And I got to say, this is an interesting thing. And I think I think sure. there's something to learn here. But, you know, you see a, a van or a truck or a, a, a camper with big giant, typically sort of... I use the term, I don't mean this in a, in a super bad way. I'm just going to use it, but like rednecky stuff. Like, okay, sure. Like the Confederate flag over here and on this okay. side, a big Trump sticker and over here, you know, like just the stuff, this, right, all the stereotype right. stuff that you think of. And these guys are sitting around, they're drinking Bud uh, Budweiser. They're just feeling, uh-huh. they've got, they've got mullets. Like everybody's <laughs> fitting the stereotype perfectly. And I have to say, sure. I don't know that I've ever ran into nicer people and more generous with their time and their cars and their willingness to say, oh, sure, come on over. Let me pull the car out in the middle of the thing so you got more less background noise and you can you don't have to Photoshop all that out of there. And let's do that. And these people were like from Kentucky. The other guy was from um, oh, the girls from British Columbia. And then there was I can't remember where the other guy was from. But anyway, I just 
it was a nice reminder that just because a bunch of people may have a different culture, lifestyle, differences of opinion, right. political polarization, there's something, there's some good common ground you can find and people are all right. It was the kindness of rednecks yesterday that really struck Always. me. Yeah. Yes. It was very nice. Yeah. Plus, they were just, they were charmed by these two Europeans with their accents and, you know, all that. Um, and then the final thing I would say, I think my favorite thing of the night, of the day, was I've, I haven't had this chance to, like, one-on-one -on -one with my daughter at, for any length of time like this since we, she was a little kid. It was always just mm -hmm. in the group, mm -hmm. in the family. We drive to California. We're 12 hours in the car, but it's all of us. Like, it's, it's all of you, right? Nick and Carter. And right. Kim, I mean, all the right, kids, right. Kim and everything. Just but just me and Taylor on the open road like that was one of the most delightful, awesome things I have ever done. I loved it. That's cool. So I want to recommend it. If you've got, you know, uh, kids who are now, I guess she's an adult, <laughs> as she has a kid for heaven's sakes. Um, <laughs> but it, but it's just a great bonding time, talking in, in ways that you haven't before. Uh, we were never bored. We never not talked. It was always us just having a blast. By the end of it, she was playing all these covers from her phone and telling me why she liked them and asking mm -hmm. me to tell you about them and like all <laughs> this cool. just this great kind of bonding experience and her and i are already close but it was this really i don't know just an extra little bit that I, I haven't experienced and it was awesome i loved it that is the one thing i'm really gonna miss from this year not doing blizzcon because i was always like a me and tristan getting out there doing a you know it was just the two of us we'd go and we'd hit in and out burger and go to Disneyland for the whole day and race from ride to ride and say, no, let's go do the gardens of galaxy again. And, you know, race across the, 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 the width of the park just to get to, you know, the next ride we want to do. I absolutely miss, uh, or will miss that doing that this, um, uh, this November when everybody, when I hear about everybody at BlizzCon, but yeah, I still don't know. know if I'm going, but yeah, like there's the, there's just something about that. Right. And, really it, and it's, it it's, totally it's is, an yeah. important thing. If you've got kids, just do it. Uh, yeah. spend some time with them in that way. It's it's just a great... I don't know. And she is just... She blows my mind. Watching her work in this environment is so much fun. And I've seen her do it a dozen times. She's done hundreds of weddings. But seeing and her just, just like... she's just amazingly talented, too. Oh, no. Her, shots are, her <laughs> shots are incredible, right? Incredible. Like, really yeah. amazing. But also watching her ninja around the place, like, mm -hmm. tiptoe up here for this shot and then run over here and lay on the ground and get this, like, angle and... Like she's just constantly moving and then telling people where to be and what to hold and how to do it. And in a way that isn't annoying or, or bossy, like it's just a very professional side of her. And it's mm -hmm. so much fun to watch that it, from from my perspective. It's just like I, I was having, you know, pride overdose is fantastic. Right. So anyway, right. I really enjoyed it. Uh, That's cool. It was awesome. And I would very do cool. it again. And they're coming over tonight. So they're going to come hang out. They're going to see the studio. Going to uh, have dinner. They want to eat uh, uh, southern food, so Kim's doing the whole jambalaya thing. And uh, cool. I'm very, very excited. Cool. So there you go. All right, real quick, we want to talk about Away. Uh, I want to big, uh, put a big thanks out there to Away for supporting the morning stream. Away is affordable, high-quality suitcases that charge your phone. I have one of these. I freaking love it. I can't tell you how much more I enjoy travel. And I don't love travel. You guys know I don't like tra traveling much. But I love it with this suitcase by cutting out the middleman. Away is able to offer the perfect luggage made with high-quality materials at a much lower price. And there are a variety of rad options. Comes in a variety of colors, four sizes. The carry-on, the bigger carry-on, the medium, the large. Away has designed the perfect suitcases to make your travel experience stress-free. 
Carry-on bags feature two USB ports and a high-capacity battery. It also pops out, so when the TSA guy says, hey, I need to see that battery, you can totally do that. Um, that thing's awesome. Love that. They are ultra-durable and uh, lightweight at the same time, made with premium impact-resistant German polycarbonate. It's like Han Solo trapped in there. Smooth ride in any direction. Four 360-degree spinner wheels, so you're not going to get stuck anywhere. Has a theft-proof system with a combination lock built to keep your belongings safe. And uh, even overpackers are going to like this thing. There's a patent-pending interior compression system they use that tightly buckles in bulky items. I can also attest to this. It comes with a lifetime warranty, and if anything breaks, away we'll fix it or replace it for life. For life! Carry-on sizes are compliant with all major U.S. airlines and maximizing the amount you can pack in there. And it's uh, awesome because you can get a risk-free trial period. Check this out. Risk-free, 100-day trial. At any point you decide it's not for you, you can return it for a ref full refund. They ask no questions. Just try it out. And if you're like me, you'll keep it because you'll love it. Anyway, they have a special offer just for you guys. Uh, for $20 off a suitcase, go to awaytravel.com slash TMS and use promo code TMS at checkout. Plus get free shipping anywhere in the lower 48. That's awaytravel.com slash TMS. And the promo code, TMS. Uh, all right. Well, that's it. Uh, we, we've we eaten a lot of the show already, but I do have 10 minutes, and there's an important news story we have to get to. And so I'm going to do it. <laughs> yes, we do. So, we must. Yeah, we must do this. Here you go. This is your radio newscaster with another exclusive sensational summary of world and local events. It's the news brought to you by. Brought to you by Soundography. Look for a new episode on the feed today, soundography.com. Uh, another episode of You Gotta Listen to This. This time it's me. I make Hammond listen to the last Godly and Cream album. What does he think? Find out. It's going to be on soundography.com later today. So, what was the name of the group? What is it? Godly and Cream. They are uh, two of the guys who are in the band 10CC, you know, the things we do for love oh, and, right. yeah. and Dreadnought or Dreadlock. Dreadnought Holiday, which would be a great Star Wars version of Dreadlock Holiday. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> I don't like androids. <laughs> don't know. I take them apart. <laughs> Dreadnought Holiday. Nice. Anyway, um, I've never heard yeah, of them. So but they sound interesting. Uh, they the song you would have heard of from Godly and Cream was a song called "Cry" that had a great black and white video where they were doing Morph before Morph was a was a piece of software that you could buy, and it was black and white faces all morphing from one to the other really close up on their faces all looking straight at the camera um is this some kind of 90s most of them crying 90s thing uh, or 80s 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 wow 80s. Right. yeah i'm always impressed by the stuff that happened then that i didn't yeah, pay attention but, to at the time and these guys godly and cream were big music video producers in the 80s and like girls on film the the uh duran duran video was produced by them you could look at a a um, uh, big rap sheet of all of the stuff they produced and be like, oh, I know all these videos. And there you go. Do you, know, by do you know that? Didn't you tell me? Are you the one that told me originally about the cover band that does like funkadelic versions of songs and they're called something uh, Scary Pockets? Scary Pockets. That's you, right? That yes. told me that. Yes. Taylor, you know apparently, who that is? Uh, it's, well, it's something to do with what's his name? Uh, it's Patreon Jack Conti from Pomplamoose. Right. Founder, founder or co-founder of Patreon, Jack Conti. That's right. Cause Taylor, Taylor's got this huge playlist full of their music last night and she was just cranking it in the yeah. car and then talking about why she likes this version of creep or this version of whatever. And she yeah. goes, you got to tell Brian about these guys. I go, I think he's already told me about them. I think. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Somebody told me about them and it's like, Oh yeah. It, like a year, year or so ago. And then I've just been buying all their stuff. 
they're they're so freaking prolific you've got to have a subscription to their uh oh, patreon you gotta have a subscription <laughs> to their <laughs> their deal to get all their music because they have they put out so much they have six albums in 2018 alone and i'm right. not talking like two or three tracks it's like full albums of covers and then already full two albums, or three this yeah. year like it's crazy yeah. and they're and they're not it's not like uh you know, just eh, cranking out a funk version of this. I mean, they're imaginative, innovative funk versions of of pop songs, and yeah. it's which so is a well done. great fit for Conti and his keyboards and his stuff. <sighs> Jack Conti, I'll say it right now: Jack Conti is a musical genius. Yeah. He is absolutely a musical genius. It sounds like a a whiskey flavored uh, salsa. Jack Conti sauce. Jack yeah. Conti sauce. Jack Conti yes. sauce. Mm. Do you want the Jack Conti? <laughs> mm. All right, quick story here. This is a story that uh, is Vegas-related and grasshopper-related. Yes. Oh, by the way, no grasshoppers? Everything good? You didn't see any? The only grasshopper I saw was on the shirt that I bought specifically for this trip. Yes! Wayne, did you buy it there or before you left? No, I bought it before I left. I bought it on Amazon a week before I left saying, I'm going to wear this and it's going to be hilarious because it's a grasshopper. Did you actually and, search for a grasshopper shirt and you found one? Is that how that worked? I did. And, and uh, here's the thing, man. Uh, they already had shirts last week on Amazon about uh, Grasshopper Apocalypse 2019 <laughs> in Las Vegas. One of them was modeled after the Area 51 thing, yeah. and it says, Grasshopper Apocalypse 2019, they can't catch all of us. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, That's yeah, great. but this one, this one I like because it was subtle. It's just a black grasshopper on a, a slate gray a slate gray shirt. You could wear it anywhere. I can wear it anywhere, and I still will, as yeah. opposed to the, you know, dumb Vegas thing. Well, here's the thing you could have done that you didn't do. Maybe I'm glad you didn't. And I didn't. Yeah. I'm so glad I didn't. Probably good. But uh, if you want a pizza full of grasshoppers, you can now get that as a menu item in Las Vegas Pizzeria, and it's taking the world by swarm. No. <laughs> get Clever. It? Get it? That's Clever pretty good. swarm. Sounds like storm. It sure does. Uh, in the kitchen of the Las Vegas Pizzeria, there is a new ingredient on the New York-style sliced pizzas. Uh, you might call it a chicken of the desert. Grasshoppers. Grass, uh, it's called the Canyon Hopper Pizza at El, uh, Evil Pie. Evil. Evil Pie, yeah. Uh, I've heard Zula mention that before sometimes. Yes, it's a, good, it's a good downtown pizza place. I've never been there. I had Pizza Rock for the first time on this trip with you uh, when we grabbed some on the way to um, uh, Container Park. Yeah, that was good pizza except I had the oil that cups. Was... I got the oil cups. Oh yes, yes, yeah. and I need to do. I need to try Evil Pie sometime. Apparently, there's like three or four really good pizza places in, in uh, around the Fremont Street area now. I mean, a hidden pizza thing in Cosmos still really good too. You get a chance to go there. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, at Park or at uh, Aria. So it says here. Let's, uh, let's see if I can find it. Um, if you stop by the parlor on 508th Fremont Street, downtown Las Vegas, slice will cost you 550, but supplies are selling out fast. California transplant from Bakersfield. Group in a family pizza parlor, blah, blah, blah. It's the guy that owns it. We don't care about that. Uh, one of the biblical plagues invades Vegas, and we had to laugh in the face of it, says Powers. He's the dude that owns it. You see all these old ladies. My grandma was one of them playing the slot machines while Rome burns around them. Still one of these oxygen-smoking cigarettes. Or, sorry, still on their oxygen-smoking cigarettes. That's basically Las Vegas. Anyway, they are putting... or they, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they put uh, grasshoppers on the pizzas. My brother would just totally eat this without even thinking about it. He'd just eat it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he used to microwave them and pop them in like like popcorn, right? Yeah. He don't. He didn't, he didn't care. He was all into it. Um, anyway, if you want to have that, that's a thing you can do right now. Yeah. I don't think... And, that, and you know, they say uh, 
supplies are limited. Like I said, we saw zero grasshoppers and we were out and about. I mean, we went down to the link. We went around to Park MGM. We were outside for a lot, a lot of the time hanging out at night at the um, Bellagio. We watched a couple uh, runs of the fountains out there. We saw zero grasshoppers the whole time we were out there. Did you see any carcasses and stuff? Not even carcasses. None. Really? Yeah. Weren't there? Hmm. I wonder what that means. Like they just were really good about yeah. keeping it clean, I guess. Once they all died yeah. and moved on, yeah. or maybe they don't so. die; they just move on. I don't know how that works. Well, it, some of them have to die, right? I mean, no one, no one makes the no one makes the trip down the Oregon Trail without getting dysentery. That's right. That's true. <laughs> Plus, you could say Vegas's um, slogan should be "Some of them have to die." sometime right so, exactly yeah. exactly nobody nobody makes it not everybody makes it out alive <laughs> i mean i don't know how much that would help their tourism but i like it it's pretty good all right we're gonna That's take right. a break when we come back we will have a quick conversation with our buddy bill and uh, talk on the tuesday Please. business and also jerry we'll uh hook up with him although i haven't heard from him i assume he's back from um HackerCon or whatever it's called defcon rather he should be yeah yep um, curious about not only that convention, but, uh, you know, him crossing paths with you in Vegas, but not really ever seeing you, which is weird. Never, never. Yeah. Never saw him. Um, they were, he was really busy with the hack five booth and, and oh, uh, right. He was helping run that whole thing. Wasn't and he? They were, and they, they, he was there on their dime. So he kind of couldn't say, Hey, thanks for bringing me here. I'm going to go hang out with my buddy, Brian down at Mandalay Bay. Yeah. That's a good impression. I'm gonna, I'm gonna add to it by. Oh yeah! Yeah, I'm gonna play. Oh yeah! <laughs> oh yeah! There you go. So we'll get to that soon. Uh, but before that, Brian, speaking of music, has some, and he will now tell us all about it. Yes, uh, Melissa Harris uh, is from Chicago, but she's better known there in the music world as Born Days. Uh, this is her second release. The 2017 release, Be True, was her debut. Um, this is from her upcoming EP, which comes out October 4th, courtesy of Reinhardt Records. Uh, Born Days, here is the song, Where We Live. All right, we'll be right back. Stay tuned.
guys, let's talk about five-star painting. Choosing to start your business with five-star painting means setting yourself up for success by surrounding yourself with the best in the business and best at the business. This entire episode brought to you by Five Star Painting, a neighborly company. Are you an entrepreneur? Are you driven? You want a good opportunity? All you gotta do is text five star biz, five star B-I-Z to 87000. That's 87000 right now to learn more. With Five Star Painting, you'll be your own boss, pick your own territory, set your own hours, and live a better life, uh, or quality of life rather, running a business that you can be proud of. You have access to the best resources to help you scale your painting business to help you meet your personal goals. And you go home every day with the satisfaction of helping your customers enhance and maintain the beauty of their homes. As a five-star painting owner, you'll also be part of the greater neighborly community of home service brands. Neighborly has empowered more than 3,700 entrepreneurs to achieve their dreams and goals through local business ownership. No one knows the home service industry better than Neighborly. Every year, nearly 1 million customers are proudly served by one of Neighborly's 22 award-winning brands, some of which include Mosquito Joe, Molly Mae, Glass Doctor, and Mr. Rooter. And of course, Five Star Painting. Hey, I love running my own business. You're gonna love running yours. Whether you've been thinking about starting your own business or maybe already hopping into the painting company, text Five Star Biz to 87000. That's 8700 on your text to Five Star Biz. That's what you're gonna write, actually. So the number you're texting to is 87000, and then you're texting Five Star Biz, one word. To learn more about how Five Star Painting franchises can help you get to where you wanna go faster and uh, better than going it alone. Again, text Five Star Biz to 87000 to learn more about the neighborly brands that may be available in your area, and we thank them for sponsoring this show. You might call office safety common sense. Thinking one step ahead, considering the consequence of your action. We almost went for a spill that time, Charlie. The Morning Stream, it's high noon. All right, we're back, everybody. Welcome back to the program. Always good to see you here, have you here, and be with you. We missed you guys terribly. We didn't have a show on Monday. Uh, Friday it was fun to have Dan around, but you know it's not the same. Gotta have, gotta have our our uh, our schmibbit here, and uh, we're back at it. <laughs> we'll see about the future. Like that Hawaii thing. When would that happen? What's the month you'd go? Do you Probably know? September. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Look at you, man. That sounds like fun. Jet setting. Uh, all right. Let's we'll uh, get Bill in here, if you are inclined to do that with me. Let's see. I'm I'm totally on board with getting Bill in right. here onto the show. Great, because that's how it's going to be. Let's add him to the call, and I will now, uh, as he enters, hit a thing that will tell us that he's here. Here we go. But Bill just isn't thinking about danger. Hey, everybody, look who it is. It's Bill Duran all the way from Seattle, Washington, building things, making things, and talking to us about how to do it ourselves. Bill Duran, welcome to the program. Hello. Hello. Behold. Hello. My green drink. Oh, look Ooh. at that. Tell us more about that. What's that? Brittany made it for me. What's in there? And it's got it's got That's a lot of... Star Wars blue milk mixed with urine. <laughs> no, no, it's the new green milk from... Luke's uh, little uh, exile island. Oh, oh right, right. That's right. true, yeah. Yeah, he milked it out Walrus. of an alien thing or whatever. Space walrus squeezes. Yeah. <laughs> Space walruses. 
Uh, that's still gross. That scene. Um, oh yeah. Hey, uh, it's good to see you. How how are things? Things going good? Things are good. I made something new. <gasps> I don't want to talk about oh, it. Oh my lord! I want to see it. All right. Well, th- this is a perfect place for it because on Tuesdays, Bill comes on, and talks about stuff he's making. Uh, if you're not familiar with PunishProps.com, I'd recommend going there right now and checking out his wares. Uh, Bill, what did you make, and how will it inspire the millions of followers you have? Well, <laughs> with it. I can lead the horde because I made the doom hammer. Oh my oh, gosh! Nice. Holy shit! All right, go on your site. Yeah. Go and go <laughs> punishprops.com. I showed this to yeah. I showed this to Chris what? Metzen the other day, and um, he. Let me, you want to hear his reaction? So Chris Metzen, yes. creator of the doom hammer. Uh, <laughs> let me find it here. Metzen. Oh look at that! Yeah, I know, right? It's really good. Um, for some reason, this isn't coming up because my texts are being dumb. Well, he did write uh, to me and said something very nice back, and now I can't pull it up. I'll find it before the show's over, or before your segment's cool. over. Don't you worry. Anyway, right. tell us about it. Uh, well, my Doom Hammer is gigantic. It's it's super fun. It might be one of my favorite things I've ever made. Uh, but even though it is very large, it only weighs 1.5 pounds. Or uh, it weighs uh, 1/13th of my cat. Wow. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Did you measure the cat to to know that? Cat, cat, cat weighs about twenty pounds. Okay, wow. he's a big fella. Wow. All right, wow. And it would take thirteen of my doom hammers to make one of my cats. That's fantastic. Can I make a really quick comment on the brilliance of your marketing by yeah? saying making the World of Warcraft doom hammer with Yaya Han EVA foam? That's right. <laughs> We did, though. So the whole thing was made out of EVA foam. I scrubbed through the whole video like, trying to find oh. uh, Yaya Han. And then I realized, <laughs> oh, it's the foam that she... It's uh, her foam, yeah. It's her foam. Yeah. <laughs> made from so, made from Yaya... Foam made from Yaya Han. 100% pure Yaya. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> the only materials I used on the whole thing was, was one PVC pipe for the handle. Everything else is foam. Wow. Foam yeah. and glue. Because otherwise uh, it would be a floppy, floppy doom hammer. It would be a pretty floppy doom hammer. Um, <laughs> I'm just picturing Thrall running into battle with this yeah. really, really floppy hammer. Seems like it wouldn't be optimal. Uh, I see you got uh, the foam. Just this is a, this is just a small point to point out. People always probably assume when you talk about foam, you're getting some fancy thing shipped to you from like Ireland or whatever. Nope, he just goes into the, like the craft store and buys these sheets of foam. Yeah, yeah. anyone can do it. That, yeah. So the cool thing is. Um, Yaya got really good big sheets of foam uh, put into Joanne's stores. Yeah. She's been working on it literally for oh. years, and it's finally happened because she is a juggernaut. Yeah. And um, uh, you know, we got we we got into this. We were making floor mat armor. We we're going to Harbor Freight and kind of getting cheap floor mats. But having access to large sheets of foam in a variety of thicknesses that doesn't have that weird texture on it. And I can go buy it like at the Joanne's down the street. Has it changes everything? <laughs> yeah, you don't have to. You don't have to pre-order, wait for it to arrive, nope, and stuff. Nope. Just like, oh, yeah. well, we need. And if you forget anything, or need anything follow up, it's like, oh, we need another sheet of this. I forgot about this one part. Yeah. <sighs> uh, and then they you don't have to actually go into it. It makes me actually want to go into a Joanne fabric. Yes. you should. Yes. I go into Joanne's like every week. Yeah. There's so much. There is legitimately Joanne a ton of cool fabric. stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. It just. Let me get. It just, I get PTSD from 
being a kid and sitting there having to look through those stupid catalogs of of patterns while my mom was picking out fabrics and it yeah. felt like i was there for hours yeah. waiting in line at the cut table yes well, the guy in front of you has 18 bolts of cloth and he's like, <laughs> I need to take up this whole counter for the next hour right. and a half yeah right exactly i'm sorry go ahead you're about to yeah. say something uh, so anyway, um, the, the foam was really, really great. It went together really well. Um, I was able to put together the hammer in just a couple of days, and I made a free pattern, too. So if anyone heads to punishprops.com. Uh, in fact, we have a free blueprint section on our website where all of that stuff's included, and there is dozens of uh, free materials over there to work from. Wow. But you should go get the Doom Hammer when I make that. This is a perfect yeah, time for all this. Everyone's freaking out about Classic being released in a week or two or whatever it is. And uh, that's really cool. That's a good point, Scott. Mm -hmm. It's mm -hmm. almost <laughs> like I planned to make a classic World of Warcraft weapon this week. Weird, <laughs> weird. What what amazing timing you have, it turns out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's wow. perfect though, because I love WoW. I played for five years. Mm -hmm. I love the Doom Hammer. WoW Classic is coming out. I played it at BlizzCon last year. It was super fun, but I don't think I'm going to get into it. But I know a lot of other people. I mean, I'm not going to play, but I'm still excited. And I know a lot of other people. Uh, I, that's where I'm at. I just, uh, the time it will take, I mean, people don't remember this, but it used to take you a couple of weeks to get to level 10 back in those days. These days you can do it in an hour or two. Yeah. Uh, you're, you're in for the long grind and the big haul, and that's what some people want. And that's awesome. And I'm stoked for this to be out, but I don't think I have the life for it. I don't think I can do it I'm, anymore. I doubt I'm even going to log one minute of classic wow when i can barely get any time to yeah. to do anything in regular wow to help my team <laughs> right sorry so, yeah, tatsemi and crew yeah i i will be happy making classic wow weapons uh, yeah. myself uh, and running around with a giant doom hammer i love it i just run around the shop swinging it because mm -hmm. it's cool and you say how uh, sorry the, what was the weight again it's super light what was it 1.5 pounds that's crazy because when, now, you, when uh, you guys see this end product here, you're going to go, that looks oh like a heavy-ass metal thing, and it's just not. Oh, there's the 20-pound cat. Whoa. There he is. Oh, my gosh. That was wow. scary. People missed that. <laughs> Look at the way you did the, the first detail. Thing I saw That's were the crazy. ripples in your uh, glass of water, uh, yeah. which kind of <laughs> alerts alerts us all to the fact that your cat is coming. Did you see the ripples in my green milk? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> green milk. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's awesome. All right, so how long how long of a job was it? Because it looks detailed uh, and crazy. Did it take a from start like, to finish? What would you say? Maybe like three days, mm. I think. Uh, it's hard to judge though, because when I work, um, I work pretty fast. But then we stopped to film everything. Right. But it took me about three days. The uh, glue, nothing fancy. I used a combination of contact cement, super glue, and hot glue. But you could just use hot glue or just super glue. Uh, and then the paint, again, also very simple. All hand brushed, no spraying. Um, other than a spray paint of primer and everything else, the, the metallic finish, the weathering, everything was hand brushed just with simple acrylic paints. I didn't go too overboard with my finishing technique. And I think that the, the look I got with it, uh, it, I think I pulled it off. Yeah. I got that nice modeled yeah. texture on the, on the textured metal parts, mm -hmm. lots of look like scratches and stuff. Um, and then I dirtied it up a little bit. So I, I'm pretty happy it's with how it. It is the the thing I worry most about with foam. Why? Uh, one of the reasons I haven't tried it, doing anything in foam is just because I'm worried that whatever glue choice I make, 
I'm going to slowly watch as I put the glue on the foam and it slowly eats away the foam. <laughs> and there's like this acrid white smoke that. <laughs> so EVA foam won't, that won't happen with EVA foam. It's pretty inert, but you're thinking gotcha. of things like uh, styrofoam? styrofoam. Like if you spray yeah. paint styrofoam, it just. Yeah. <laughs> Does it really? I've never like, tried uh, that. That sounds bad. Yeah. Don't breathe that. You in. could do that on purpose though, to get that, that effect. If that's something you're going for, just do it outside. Just definitely do it outside. <laughs> yeah, but EVA foam, you're not going to melt it with um, with uh, normal glues and, and adhesives and, and solvents. I mean, everything about this project is it's obviously awesome, and you did a great job, and it's easy to see all the detail, and you've done everything right. But the fact that uh, you, you, you literally have uh, enthusiastic approval from uh, Chris Metzen, who's this was in his head <laughs> this was in his head before it was anything real so, yeah so well done yeah. nice work pretty cool yeah i'm excited it's really really good what do you uh do you have you have other wow weapons you would like to do that aren't oh, uh, doom hammer an endless succession i mean i love gore howl yeah i had gore howl on my little female gnome warrior mm. and it was amazing yeah gore uh, howl is great you should do yeah. gore howl i'm gonna go ahead and agree with you there Okay. That should be your next thing. Because that was his, uh, not his dad's, but that was, um, what's his name's weapon? Uh, freaking uh, d- d- Duratar. Duratan. No, not Duratan. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah, Duratan. And he got it from his dad. Right? Do I have that wrong? Hold on. Where did Gorhal come from? <laughs> I've forgotten. I'm not even going to try. Oh, the Hell Screams. Yeah. They're the Hell Screams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, the Hell Screams had that. Sorry. He's got he's got out of the giant statue that they have at BlizzCon. Right. Right, right, right. Steve Wang's oh, team right. made. Right. Yeah. That's really amazing. All right. Well, I need to see this in person at some point and also have it in your will that I get it when you die. All right. That's great. Okay. Uh, Bill Duran, you also give us a little linky stinky to check out before uh, next week. What do you have this week? (laughs) Uh, I have a good video. I also want to point out that someone said instead of Hellscream, his name should be Sour Cream. I I would follow Gromosh Sour Cream into battle. Oh, I would too. Yeah. All right. I got a. I got a video for you. Uh, it's it's the Craftsman. We've showed him before. C R A F S M A N Craftsman. Mm-hmm. He did a video on making custom action figures, and it is super fun, super charming, and super wonderful. Did he take? Basically, uh, oh, there's a puppet in here too. All right. Well, that's that's him. That's the Craftsman. So wait, does Hold he on. always? I was telling me how to make a new site viewwix.com. I just got to get. Oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> there you go. So he, said, the... he said, "My if I like my site, then I'd feel free to skip." So I went ahead and did oh, okay, that. Good, good, oh, okay, good. Oh, okay, cool. That's good. Uh, so wait, <laughs> a, so is he always in puppet form when he's talking and telling you what he's going to do and everything? I don't remember. Scott, this guy. the video is presented by the puppet. So there is no person. So hard to I see. Out. I see. No human being. What was? Yeah. I see. So uh, tell me this without us. I mean, this bit of bit of a spoiler. People should check out the video no matter what. But he's doing it with what? Like, is he finding uh, action figures that he likes and then is modifying them? Is that the idea? Yeah. Okay. Basically, kit bashing action figures, taking lots oh. of old toys cutting them apart, gluing them back together to make something new. And it's it's a really fun thing because you can get action figures for crazy cheap, old used ones. Just start gluing them together. Mm. I love it. He makes a mold using Legos. Yeah. Like uh, Legos looking, I think maybe even filled with silly putty. I can't tell. Oh, this is great. Oh, and he's oh. got these old Star Wars figures he's going to tear open. and oh, mm-hmm. hey. How will you make a mold in a Lego mold? That's crazy. Oh, you... Yeah, so using Lego to build the walls of your mold is actually pretty common. Yeah. I, clearly, I don't know anything. 
Oh, I prefer to make my mold walls from other more readily available and less expensive materials. Wow. Than Lego. This is fantastic. You did something with the hammerhead that uh, pleases me. <laughs> yeah, it's really, really fun. And his videos are all super duper charming. Uh, all right, I'll check out that his uh, check out his channel in general. I I know you've talked about him before, but I don't remember the puppet mm -hmm. bit. So I don't know what that says about me, but I don't remember the puppet. Anyway, whatever. Are you again? You're 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 dumbstruck by my my suggestion that it might be a person making the puppet move. But your point is, it's just a puppet, right? Like it's, it's a yeah. character, uh, not even a character. This is a this is a, <laughs> a creature that makes cool stuff. Yeah, and I. Just and his need name is the Craftsman. The Craftsman, craftsman. right? <laughs> all right, <laughs> it all makes sense to me now. Uh, Builderan, it's right. a pleasure to have you back. Hope you have a fantastic week. See you, you next it. time. Always oh, chinbeard on Twitter, by the way. Don't forget that. That's an important. Very good. Yes. All right, Jury just is assembling some Legos to make a mold right now. Indeed, That's what we're doing. indeed, yeah. indeed. Uh, I didn't warn Jerry about email today, or video today, so it doesn't matter actually what he comes in as. Mm. If he decides okay. audio only, that'll be fine. That's um, not to get him worked up about it, though, Scott. I uh, know. I know. If he accidentally gives this video good, but whew, we better be careful. Mm -hmm. Nobody wants that. All right. Uh, I'm going to play this for him here, though, first. These are their stories. Oh, I'm terrible with names. Oh, yeah. I should put that on the end of that. Just stick it on there. What do you think? That'd be all right. Uh, Justin, are you <laughs> yes, there? Just attach it to that one, yes. Yeah. Oh, hi. Good morning. How are you? Hey, what's up? Hey, fam. Man. Hey. Tell me if I'm echoing this time. Oh, I will this time. So I, far, no. Yeah. yeah. Your yeah. your your anger in the chat room last week was uh, palpable, and I decided I would never not tell you again. I will always tell you now. We, we can actually smell the pulp. I'm here for the show. I want to make the show good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's all good. Oh, I, I just you kept... make the show good just by being here, man. Yeah, just what? showing up. Hey, did you hack the world over the weekend or what? I heard you were at uh, DEF CON or HackerCon or whatever the hell it's called. What's well, it called? DEF CON. Yeah, DEF CON out in Vegas, which means uh, my voice is just going to be permanently trashed for the month. Yeah. <laughs> four different cons. It's be hard to tell uh, with you, though, a little bit because you have a... You you already kind of have a voice. already got a little bit of gravel. Yeah. yeah, you already got a little bit I, of a gravel. I have a lower voice, but this is definitely like... Uh, I, I can recognize it in myself. And then really when you tell it is when I try to go any higher than this register right now and i just get yeah, this you know kind of uh sure my, my voice is changing in middle school sure you know. that's horrible it's a great look into the past of justin robert young so that was a cool con i understand uh the way that thing works is pretty interesting and you worked uh i guess you were working kitchens booth the whole time right I actually, yeah, I did not think I was going to be working uh, uh, the booth the whole time, but but holy crap, was I? Because it was so busy, man. Uh, turns out Hack Five is a big effing deal at DefCon, and it was great to see Darren and and Snubs in in all their glory. Uh, I know how hard they've worked on that channel and uh, and and in that field. Uh, but yeah, it was great, and I ran into a bunch of people, and uh, it was uh, it was fun. I actually got recognized more at defcon than i did at gencon which was interesting oh that is interesting huh what what did they mainly know you know you from the politics stuff or from uh I, like more, there's more frog pants people at gencon mm -hmm. and probably more x or or current like twit fans or dtns mm -hmm. fans like, like that that tech focused kind of stuff i can see oh, that. oh that would make sense yeah were you sad that you didn't get to see brian Ibbett on his uh birthday trip down there 
I was sad that he didn't get to see I was sad. I was very sad. Uh, it was a lot busier than I thought. I thought I was going to have a lot of time, a lot of downtime mm-hmm. of just like, hey, I'm looking for something to do. And I knew if it was going to be there for the weekend. But holy crap. I was like one place to another place to another place to another place to another place. And then it's, you know, as you find in Vegas, you look down at your watch at three o'clock. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. totally true. Did you did you um, is it hard for you in that scenario where the con is happening? You're focused on sort of keeping up with the what's being done at the booth and everything to even know what was happening in politics or do you like i'm always curious I mean, about it, that theoretically it would have been it would have been if, if one of the big stories hadn't happened and it was kind of uh, impossible to escape which is great because i needed that level of volume to break through all the noise but yeah no i'm i'm up i'm up on things well i mean because also the politics can, kind of can't stop for me because i'm doing newsletters podcasts yeah you have to i gotta i gotta gotta stay i gotta stay up sure what was the big story in your mind then i'm curious about that i probably know which which one it is but what was the big thing that popped what would you no no i'm sorry wait was there uh yeah i was talking about andrew yang qualifying for the third debate scott that's that's the big story (laughs) that's what that's the story that's on everybody's lips yeah well this morning it seems like everybody's talking about uh my old pal kurt schilling running for congress in uh, arizona Oh, that is something that I literally just saw on Twitter um, right before I like took a shower before this before the show. But yeah, uh, pretty breaking stuff that that's happening at yeah. all. But um, yeah, it's uh, the, yeah, <laughs> it's going to be an interesting. So thing. Are you wait wait hold on? Are you are you uh, endorsing him right now here on the show? No, is this a, <laughs> no. Is he right making to be the bloody sock? I don't want to freak people out, but about once or twice a year, Kurt and I talk. Uh, it's usually via text. Sometimes he'll reach out and just say, hey, Merry Christmas to you and your family, or it'll be me poking him or making fun of something or whatever. I mean, he used to be, uh, you know, on the instance a lot. We used to have a whole lot of video game stuff going on all the time. Uh, he was on Brushwood and Veronica's short-lived Twit game show touting their game yep. back in the day. Uh, he He used to be what I would refer to as a friend of the program. However, um, he is he has decided to go hard down political paths I vehemently disagree with. But as usual, in real well, life there was, yeah, there were a couple of things that kind of uh, necessitated a reduction of visibility in uh, platforms like yours up to and including a gigantic scandal with the video game company that he was currently plugging the game on. Yeah. Uh, and the financial fallout from that. Yeah, uh, is a mess. And then, yeah, he, he decided that uh, he was going to be a, a politics guy and, and uh, wound up costing him his job at ESPN. Uh, and, and now I think he's primarily a politics guy. Like, I don't even know if he's professionally talking about baseball or sports at no, all. No, I don't think there's any sports stuff anymore. I think it's all Brett Bart all or politics. Breitbart uh, articles. And he's got a podcast over there and uh, or I don't know what they call it over there. Maybe it's radio. I don't know what it is, but uh, stuff like that. Um, so it's a, he's definitely gone all in on that, uh, sort of thing. I mean, before all of this, even when we were talking to him back in the day, he was, you know, certainly lean conservative. He was always backing, um, like in 08, he backed, um, uh, McCain or wait, yeah, McCain. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, 2012 backed Romney. Um, he was, you know, he's, he's never been quiet about that stuff, but it's only been in recent years. Um, I can't imagine why. (laughs) <laughs> he's decided to kind of go all in on that stuff and 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 uh well no he got he got fired for talk for 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 being uh 
uh, like Facebook posts, some like very, very uh, hard charging Facebook posts, like before 2016. Was like, that before was, that? I lose track of the timing yeah. on all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. it was that was before that was before 2016. But he, I mean, again, he was on. You know, he was a, a top commentator because he was a very famous pitcher. Yeah, it's just an odd thing for me. It's one of these experiences that I, th- I kind of wish everybody had, where you know a side of someone that is nothing like the currently the public facing side he has now um and you know a part of that side still exists and still sort of resides within him and and what a contradiction it can feel like it's it's a hard thing to explain but it's it's so easy on social media and stuff to just two-dimensionalize all of this and just go ah he's crazy and this and that and the other but I just I know enough about him to know that I think a lot of this is him playing the system. Uh, I think a lot of this is him just taking advantage of the timing. Um, my guess is, you know, money hasn't been easy on his side of things since the, that company took a crash. He pretty much sunk all of his his baseball money into it. And so what this probably means is he's got somebody willing to back him if he's going to tr- truly run for Congress. I don't think he's just going to start with nothing. Uh, so I don't I don't know about all that, but it, it's a it's a it's an odd life experience for me to know and sometimes still communicate on those levels with a guy who has decided to just go so far another direction it's not as simple as just writing it off do you know what i'm saying like I, I, oh of course yeah. well i mean understand we, we should understand something about politics that you need to identify the people that are going to leave their house to vote for you yeah and you need to speak to them and at oftentimes you have to do it kind of exclusively or if you're a media commentator you need to identify your audience and you need to speak to them it's literally the reason why i try to do my show the way i do it is in a reaction to that because i i don't have a natural audience and so i would rather kind of carve out my own lane or at least make my audience uh, something more removed than just like all right well here are the battle lines and now let's all do a pep rally about x y or z but for Kurt Schilling, look, he found a lane. He found the 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 you know uh, the world is uh, slowly or or more quickly listing off course, and it's because of these reasons. And I'm going to attack these reasons, and I'm going to champion these values. And anybody who says differently is uh, uh, either wrong or actively hostile to a a more beneficial union. Right. And that's that's who that dude is now. And and like now, does that make that the only part of him? No, because that's his job. The same way that we all kind of put on a character for uh, to, to to do our job, whether we be in sales or working the you know counter at Hardee's or being a truck driver or doing something in the media like we are. You're always kind of shaving your personality down to the most optimized form, uh, but. You know that's that's where we are. It, it, it definitely has to be, I think, uh, complicated for you because you've also taken a lot more of a political stand over the intervening few years comparatively oh, to yeah. what you were doing before. Hi, hey, like probably ex- exponential numbers higher. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, not not. Um, I don't know. Like uh, you know, I'll hear from people who are really like the only time we really talk about politics on the show at all now is this segment with you that's it we don't do it any other time so brian and i are not sitting around on a wednesday going hey politics we don't do it but it's it's just a funny thing to think that 
I really dislike what he's doing and where he's going, and I and it pisses me off. Like shilling that is, um, but I like getting his Christmas card every year. I like a quick chat. Like I remember when he, um, one of my kids was, oh, I don't remember what the deal was. One of my kids got hurt. This was years ago. Um, and he would, you know, he took time out of his life to call me and say, you know, how's Taylor or whatever it was. I think it was Taylor when she was yeah. having seizures. And he was just had had, you know, I know that he has this piece of him that he reserves for, you know, uh, some level of, of, of kindness and openness and all of that. Why he's chosen to to obscure all that with this other stuff, I don't know. And, and maybe that's more of his true self than what I ever saw. But it's just well, a it's a I, weird I, thing. I would say from from his point of view, he would probably say, no, this is what I'm fighting for. Yeah. Right. Like I'm fighting for making sure that we check up on each other on Christmas and making sure that the bonds of good friendship are are are, are kept well and and really it's it's these other enemies of uh, uh, the eroding of that. I'm fighting for for this world where more of that is the case and less of you know bleep blop bloop. Right. Uh, and so I mean again, look, everyone's the hero of their own story, uh, uh, and. Uh, whether or not he'll be able to reinvent himself as a congressman, I haven't really taken a look at kind of the the, the state of play in that race because either it's going to be something where he now has a, a bit for his radio show for the next year and change, right? Yeah. Or I mean, or, or whenever the primaries, I guess, be if he if he doesn't really have a shot or. This is the new thing is, you know, it's it, Mr. Mr. Schilling goes to Washington and he becomes a a firebrand, you know, member of the government. Right. I mean, it's also there's a bit of an opportunity uh, probably here that wouldn't exist inside regular norms. Like if you're going to get elected and have a history of really shitty uh, behavior publicly, this might be the year to do it, <laughs> you know. Like now would be the time because it's that stuff's not only. Um, if, I don't if anything, know. I, I don't really look. All politics is always local, and so it's like we can. I, I think we, if you're going to look at 2016 and trying to pick and choose the lessons, I don't know if a lot of the like, oh well, well he did this, so now I can do this. I don't think a lot of that stuff translates. Right. Uh, you know, because. You know, even if you look at bombastic people or people that have ran like crazy ads or something like that, if you look at where they're running, then these are kind of things that play to where, like, you know, what what people are excited about in these places, right? Or they're in battleground states that Trump won, right, for governors or senators or something like that. So running the Trump playbook in a statewide race where it was successful in that state makes a little bit of sense, right? Uh. But I don't know. Look, I mean, Kurt Schilling would not be the first famous person to run for office. Uh, uh, I don't know whether or not that would mean he would be more or less bombastic. I, I would suspect you usually wind up becoming less compared to the media, right? Because there's no stakes in them. You can yell about whatever you want, right. you know, unless you're doing baseball tonight. In that case, <laughs> you should probably watch what you put on Facebook because you're going to get inspired for it. Yeah. I mean, and he's also, I mean, the biggest, the biggest roadblock he probably has is claiming these very, um, you know, these points of, of like, hey, uh, 
government shouldn't pay for anything. Nobody should get any handouts, whatever, whatever. But his entire company history with that video game company uh, and what the money Rhode Island gave him was all about taking public money and then losing it and the taxpayers being saddled, saddled with it. Like, it's that is going to get weird. Like, that'll get ugly for him. Now, whether it gets ugly for him in Arizona, I don't know. Also, I don't understand how it works if you live in Massachusetts and have for the last, I don't know, however long he's been there. Um, most of his career. Well, I mean, ever since he was with the Sox, he was there. So, and he hasn't moved. I mean, I'm sure, he's had, I'm sure he had a residence when he was pitching for the Diamondbacks, though. That's you know? true. And he also was, he was born he and raised in Arizona. Yeah, he was raised in Arizona. So, I don't know if that makes the difference. But kind of like Romney, where... Same state, funny enough, but Massachusetts is kind of where he made home. Um, before that, Michigan, I think, and yeah. Yet here he is, a Utah Senate senator. So I don't know how that stuff works. It's it's weird to me. Well, I mean, I know for Romney because he's like you know, uh, uh, you know the, the the Mormon uh, dude. Disappointment. Right? Like he's oh, very popular amongst the Mormon community. Oh, I thought you meant disappointment. Mormon yeah. president. Yeah, it's pretty. I think it's pronounced. <laughs> I think it's pronounced colossal disappointment is the way we say it. Right here. <laughs> I um, mean, anyway, not 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 of, not of the ballot box. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yes, and that's probably uh, again his chances of of any kind of political theater in Massachusetts that being chilling is I, pretty I, low. I still don't know. I don't know. I mean, we're going to get back to this thing, but I, I still don't know what you want him to do. Who? Who? Romney. Romney? Yeah. Because um, by and large, he's he does get up and say the thing. I don't know, aside from leaping over the resolute desk and stabbing <laughs> Trump in the heart with a, with a Valerian steel blade, like, I, I, don't, I don't quite know what the expectation is. I don't know, something closer to McCain and less like, less flake, more McCain. That's the kind of what we hoped for. Somebody willing to sort of stand up, vote differently, um, once like in a while. And I know, I know, McCain wasn't. You know, I'm, this isn't me holding up McCain as like he was some kind of shining example of this or anything. But there were moments, certainly, where McCain would make a stand, and it was in. But also, McCain got destroyed too. It's not like McCain was a universally beloved uh, uh, person on the left of like, oh, finally, this is what true courage looks like. No, I, you know? I agree. It, it, and people, people on the left only liked him when it served them. I get that. I, I totally understand all that. I just. I don't know, actually. Whenever you ask this question, I really don't know the answer. I don't know what I expect. I mean, right now, I don't expect anything. But um, when you know, when he he made a point going into that um, that election win as senator to say, "I'm going to be a check against uh, against yeah." This I mean, Trumpism I, I stuff. actually just I I don't know if there has been any like any big thing, any big vote that would have been a major thing for him. Like, I mean, there probably I, hasn't I, been, yeah. Legislatively, there really hasn't been, as far as I know. I mean, a lot of stuff just isn't getting that's, getting. So that's that's the big thing. Whenever we get into this, it's always like because you you always take the, the the big unsolicited shots, right? It's not like like I never start a conversation about Mitt Romney. You're the one who always starts lighting him on fire. And look, <laughs> I have no I have no care in the world for Mitt Romney. You know, he can he can do whatever he wants. But this is a, a larger, broader thing that I I don't quite know where that anger comes from because it's not just you it is it is widespread oh yeah no it's not even local people are mad at romney because they thought that he would i don't know whatever he was gonna do go in there and make more hay out of it but, but you also you were not a fan of him when he was running 
No, I like. I, I actually had some hope for him when he was running. I, I like Brom. I like well, Brom. No, no, no. I mean, I mean for Senate, for Senate, not, but, not, not when. Not no, no, no. I know. I it's also for Senate. I thought, well, okay, that's better than what we have. <laughs> I'll take this because at least he talks some talk, and so maybe he'll go in there and make a difference. I don't know. I did have higher hopes for him when he was running for Senate, and then he got it, and then he put out that big statement heading in, and I went, all right, that's what we're looking for. We need somebody who's going to just stand up a little bit, and. You you're making the argument that he kind of has in some ways, yeah, I guess so. Verbally, the few times. Well, yeah, I mean, sure, but I I don't know what I mean. It's not like he gets to choose. All right, let's all call a vote on whether or not Trump's a penis. I vote yes. <laughs> no, I like, know. I, I again, are, I don't these have are an... things that eventually align, and now you wonder whether or not he is going to be a vote for or against something where towing the line is is the thing to do. Well, I I guess my point is. Uh, is to answer your question. I don't know what what he can or should or will do. I but really you know don't know. You're mad. I know that there. I know that whatever it is he's doing now is, in my mind, just doesn't do anything. There's no needles being pushed in any direction or the other. And by that, I just mean political needles. Like you know, Russian election interference is a big deal, and he is a very has always had a very adamant stand that we cannot. You know, allow Russia and, and Soviet tactics to interfere with stuff like that, or be you know a, a thing like that. And he doesn't really say anything now; like he just sort of, well, all right, well, here we go, and let's do our thing. Like, I don't know. I like I say, I don't know Wait, the answer. Was that to that on question. Twitter? Did you tweet that? Oh well, okay. No, dot, 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 well, dot, no. dot, dot. Here we go. Dot, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. No, you know what I mean. There's just a lack of. There's just nothing. So. It's like everybody else. I don't know. Nobody's going to do anything, I guess. They're the I party mean, in charge. Well, I mean, they don't I mean, want to lose I power. That's the thing. It's like, I, I think what some people want is for him. It's like when, you know, uh, like, some people want him to be like AOC. They want him to have AOC's Twitter and just like light the president on fire. Like, you know, uh, all, all the time and literally whenever anything happens and vote against anything and everything that uh, the president says he will sign. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that. And, and I think that's kind of unrealistic, right? Because he did get elected from a red state as a conservative. And so there are going to be conservative, like things that please his voting base that he was voted, that, that voted for him to go do that, the, that Trump happens to also want to sign into law. Like, so I don't know. It is, it's, 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 it's not something that I have an answer to. It is something that I am fascinated. Yeah. I just think if he could I, uh, do I want him to have AOC levels of screed? Probably not. Um, do I want him to speak up when I think stuff is obviously bad? Like a like when I mean, he's spoken up a, a, like in in moments where you would expect a never Trump voice, a never Trump conservative voice to stand up. He is you know tweeted appropriately sure but like when he just went have a conversation about exactly how worthwhile that is but uh, i don't know what else you would do well let me give me give you an example a couple of days ago or whatever it was write a book well a couple a couple of tiktok well, hold on a couple of days ago trump uh retweets a conspiracy theory about uh the clintons killed uh epstein in jail uh say something because that's bullshit <laughs> like I'm not even saying defend the Clintons I'm saying a sitting president accusing a uh, former sitting president and or his political opponents of murder 
uh, is probably something you can speak up about and not rattle your base. There are people here that would expect him to do that. And he doesn't. And no one uh, does. No one in that party does. Now, if the if the chairs no, were no, flipped. No, Rubio did. Rubio did. I saw that Rubio did. Did he? Because it's hard yeah. to see between all of his scripture posts. It's really hard to find his tweets. I'll have to go look in there. I mean, all right. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little extra shade on Rubio. All I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm answering you in the way that I think you... Uh, I think you want more out of me on this. I don't know what I no, want no. him to do. No, no, no. I don't want more out of you because I, I do think that it is just it, it's it's a visceral kind of response, and and uh, I think politics oftentimes does that to us. You know. Right. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, I don't know. I I, I would actually be, I, I am kind of surprised now. Granted, uh, uh, throughout this weekend, I was not checking Mitt Romney's Twitter uh, on, on everything that he posted, but I do think that there were some. I remember reading a thing that, you know, Rubio, Rubio took the let's watch the Russian bot traffic uh, that is being very active right now in the wake of the Epstein thing. And let's understand that when the president is weighing in on these divisive topics that we are emboldening literally like the money that is being spent on uh, on on those bots. Right. And that's. I guess that's good. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else. I mean, you're the one who's upset about it, so I don't know what what makes you happy or sad. I what makes me sad is that it doesn't feel like anything could or will be done unless this flips to well, a. What would you want? What would you like to be done? Um, I don't know. I'd like it to all be over. I'd like us to be past. Uh, like what? Life? No, like, no, no, just, no. You know, drink. I, I, I mean, here's what I'm looking forward to. I noticed MIT or somebody was saying uh, they're almost 100% convinced that if things continue the way they are, that we will see a major recession in the mid-2020 year. And if we end up with a new president in 2020 that is not a write-in Republican replacement for Trump, um, then we're looking at, you know, four years of everybody blaming the new guy for the recession we're having, even though it has nothing to do with anything. And so I started to think to myself, this is just a perpetual, like, forever thing. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just going to go, like, we're never, this never gets any better. And so I had this long conversation with my daughter in the car yesterday when we were coming back from that wedding. And um, I think she has it. She reminded me of where I, where my head sort of needs to be, which is yeah, uh, local, local to the point that I, I am 100% focused on my family, my immediate group of influence uh my friends my fans my listeners my hosts my co-hosts uh that that's just kind of where i need to be or else i'm going to drive myself crazy because that i can just see that coming and i also know how this will go if it flips we flip uh, the power structure and the executive branch is now led by uh, uh democrats again they will all suddenly find all the moral backbone that they've been missing since 2016 they'll, they'll suddenly find it and they'll be happy to apply it and to, you know, and then that's that I guess I guess I'm coming to an understanding that that's the way this works. And I'm naive to think otherwise. And so it's time for me to back up that truck and focus on what I actually focus control. Local. Yeah, just control what I can control. Because honestly, I can't control think local, much. Act global. I guess. I don't know even know if that's it. I just don't want to. I don't know. Yeah. I just global, don't. Act local. I, I think it's really <laughs> I just realized that it doesn't. It kind of doesn't matter. Like when you look at how much the the national debt has grown in the last two years, and not one 
financial conservative hawk is saying a peep about it. It's well, just, that's gone. That left in 2016. It did. Like, and, and, and not to say, and, the, and like, even the talk was gone because the action hasn't been there for a very long time. But like, uh, uh, yeah, even even the talk of like, oh, we care about the national debt. That 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 left in 2016. Yeah, but it'll come it, back. It just, it just became tax and spend, but for uh, my thing, right? I like right. My but that'll all come back in 2020. Bad. My yeah. things are good. Yeah, wait till 2020 though. That all that talk will be back and 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 they'll pretend like it never left. So really looking forward to that. It's just a depressing. It's a depressing <laughs> bunch of shit. So I mean, only if you expect things to happen. <laughs> if you look at it as a <laughs> as a you know a clown car, then you know you can make a whole brand out. <laughs> I mean, sure. things are going according to plan. I mean, that's well, what. Look, all right, no, I, I, I do want to. I, I know this is just bait, and I'll I'll take it. I'm not so, baiting at all. No, I'm no, not. no, 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 not you, not you. The chat. Uh, uh, it's particularly reductive to believe that a senator has no mouthpiece or no recourse of action in the public sphere. Romney is the same simpering coward he's always been. Nothing more. Uh, number one, you will not out cynical me on politicians. <laughs> Uh, uh, so if you believe that what I'm saying is in any way that there is a moral backbone to politician to the world of politics, then uh, uh, I am not doing my job at effectively communicating. Yeah. Uh, uh, I I don't think I don't expect much of politicians. I really don't. I honestly think that we should have very very low standards for them, and I think we should expect incremental change because that is what they are capable of giving. They are, they are there to not lose. They are not there to win. They are not there to be radical political tools. Uh, they are there to continue to be in power and right. to win election. The measure of a politician is their record. It's by the time that you get to the national level, it's very rare, you know, that that you don't that you have like one of those journeyman boxers records of like you know uh, twelve wins, uh, eleven losses. You normally have. You know, maybe one loss, maybe two losses in your entire career, because that's what you're good at. You've got you've made a skill of getting elected, pleasing the people that elected you enough that you can move up to a larger group of people and try to get them to elect. So I'm not saying that they have no recourse. Now, I think that there is a more realistic uh, question on exactly what the extent of that is. And, and my my question to everybody, because everybody's line is different. I'm not saying that there is this Mendoza line of like, okay, past this, you are a hero, and lower than this, you are a coward. Uh, although, again, in general, I don't find much backbone in politician. Hmm. Uh, but, like, I think that there is a, a, a reasonable, definable question of, okay, well, then what, what do you want out of the people that you support? What would be happy for you? What would make you happy if you're political opposition did x y and z beyond just like you know evaporating into dust and blowing into a beautiful sunset like uh, uh realistically if, if you want if, if that is what you're looking for then what is that uh and you know i don't know i, I just find those kind of questions fascinating but if, if you think me asking the questions is that about to me saying Oh my God! Look how brave and and bold uh, Mitt Romney is. Then I would like to disabuse you of that. Notion yeah, that no, I I fully fully copping to this idea that I need to um, my I when I, growing up and and even in my adult life when people would say they stood for a certain thing or believed a certain thing or whatever I would believe them like I would believe them because I 
thought that's kind of the default stance is that people were believable. And if I've learned anything in the last couple of years, it's that that's just straight up not the case. <laughs> like, it's just not the way it works. So I know that I what I'm saying is I know that most of this is just me and, and a realignment uh, with with my expectations of people claiming something. If they claim a thing, I need to less willing to take it on face value that they are saying what they mean and meaning what they say or walking the walk, not just talking the talk. And I don't, I don't know who to blame that on other than me and, you know, my unwillingness to, <laughs> to push my naivete out of the way and make room for it. So that's kind of, well, I mean, look, we are, we are in a very politically fractious age. And I think the, the question now is, you know, what we do with it. We all got really, 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 really dialed in mm-hmm. uh, for way longer than we normally do. Like way longer than we normally do. And we're about to go through the the the, the hard part again. Mm-hmm. Like now. Like we, we worked that you know what I was joking about before, you know, back in twenty eighteen after the midterms was like, you know, just because we decided that we were gonna work through winter vacation doesn't mean that we don't still have work on Monday. <laughs> and so that's what we did. Like yeah. we normally have a downtime where we can all regroup and remind ourselves and each other of like, oh, you wanna know what? Sure, I hate all Republicans, but I like Greg. Or sure, I hate all liberals, but I love Susan. Like, you know, we we have some of those moments. We had none of those moments now. Now it was like, I'm unfriending Greg and and Mm -hmm. I'm unfriending Susan because they're ruining the country because they support this, that, or the other. Or like, you know, you support Trump and you're the worst. Or you are, uh, uh, you you have TDS, uh, uh, FU. Like, that's, that's just what uh uh what we did and that's that's not neither good or bad like i i would never deny somebody's passion uh but it is a reality of of where we are right now and and now we're about to get up to the high point again uh so will we decide to handle it different will we will it get worse like are are we are we going to find new levels of 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 division i don't know yeah i don't know either well i look I kind of like the clown car approach and you do that really well. So if people want to see all of this through the lens of not my emotional reaction to it all or somebody else's visceral one, I think jury's the one to follow and watch and listen to because he mm-hmm. kind of looks at it from all angles. Everybody gets sort of equal treatment. Um, if you come away from his podcast. And, again, and, and let me just say, like, if we're going to get into my capital B brand, uh, <laughs> like... I, it, my point is, I want to know who's winning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's all. The, that's the my only bias in any and all of this is I want to know who's winning, not who's right, not who's righteous. I want to know who's winning, because I'm not going to ever be able to tell you, as a viewer or a listener, who is right and who is righteous, because to be totally honest, I find it disgusting that the majority of our political discourse is gaslight theater where everybody is just fed their own confirmation bias back in a feed loop and everybody leaves fat and happy on that concept. Like that's something that I have no interest in. And every time that I've ever talked to anybody, close friends, smart people about, oh, I want to kind of get into politics. The first thing that they tell me is pick a side, pick a side and then understand who that audience is and then do your version to that side mm. you can't do this you can't do what i'm doing right now because 
Nobody wants that. Yeah. Nobody yeah. wants the thing that's going to piss off half your audience all the time. You want the thing that's going to please your audience 100% of the time. And eventually, I, I the only reason why I started politics, politics, politics was to sell contenders. Like, I literally was just doing it. <laughs> I had a really card game, and I figured, hell, this is another thing that I can advertise on. And then, for whatever reason, I found an audience. And I'm very, very uh, uh, proud of the community that we have built. But let me... Do not get it twisted. This is not about me trying to find the center. This is not about me trying to uh, 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 show and bring humanity out of, uh, of every other element uh, because, to be quite honest, I don't care about the humanity in every element. Mm. I, I, I honestly don't. I well, Here's what I care about. I care about letting you know, based on the way I'm looking at things, who's winning and who's losing and what you can do to reverse course if you are on the bad side. That's it. That's all I am looking to do. There is there is no greater truth that I am looking for. There is no magical center that I'm trying to stand in the in, in the middle of. If I'm if I play devil's advocate, or it sounds like I'm making a devil's advocate argument, it is only in trying for me to analyze things that I might not fully understand, or I am seeking more understanding on because the trends are the trends, the numbers are the numbers. All right, I think that's a that's you spelled out why I think your stuff is good, and for people who want to take that as Justin doesn't care about issues that affect people, I think you're again you're not listening. Like what what PX three is for? I mean, I don't need to defend it, but what it's for is not to tell you what's right or wrong. It's to give you the score and talk about strategies and why things are going the way they're going, whichever which 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 and, and by the by going and things I mean like why did the debates go this way or how come so-and-so's up in the polls or uh what should the other side do to counter that or where are they screwing up look like you know biden had a really bad debate and then a middling debate and has since then over the weekend dropped three beauty gaffes you know he said that that uh uh uh, (laughs) oh the uh kid uh white kids are just or no poor kids are just as smart as white kids he said or yeah, something, something like that, uh, uh, <laughs> and then and then two more that were just just beauties. <laughs> that, wow! Uh, but yet, his polls have totally recovered from the first uh, debate, yeah. and we'll see what happens past this. But I would not expect his poll numbers to move. Why? Because he's the most moderate in a fairly progressive field. So whether or not you believe that the the, the causes uh, from uh, Bernie and Elizabeth Warren uh, are true and and should absolutely happen they're certainly far more mainstream than they were before there is certainly statistical evidence at least by my analysis to say that there are a lot of democratic voters that would prefer a more moderate option this is not me saying that bernie warren can't win in fact i've still picked bernie to win that that was my pick before anything started i'm gonna stick with it until it is wrong uh (laughs) (laughs) that being said like you have to understand these trends or else you are are you know I, I think not taking the fuller context of what this race really is right at least that's my opinion all right well if you want more of this px3 that's the thing uh anything else you want to uh mention before we go today any other cool things going on um oh austin austin texas tuesday before uh labor day oh Brian and I are doing a night attack show at the Out of Bounds Comedy Festival. Oh, I heard uh, Merritt's Tom's going to this, right? Or something? Tom is coming out for it. So we're going to have a great show. It's at the Hideout Theater downstairs. 
8.30 to 10 p.m. These tickets are cheap, folks. Ten bucks, and you get not only a live night attack, but also uh, two awesome stand-up comedians, Clara Blackstone and Kai Krebs. So uh, come out and see the show. It is going to be an absolute blast. And fun fact, that theater, that exact theater, almost 20 years ago, was the first theater that Brian, a young magician, Brian Brushwood, decided that that was going to be the first theater that he rented out to do his show, that literal room. And almost two decades later, we're going to be a part of a comedy fest. That's awesome. I've seen video of that cool. present of that day somewhere. Somebody's got something on YouTube or something where you see a baby face, Brian Brushwood uh, pulling shit out of a hat or something. <laughs> I don't remember what it was. Uh, was doing yeah. something good, but no, uh, he definitely, that was uh, Brian, very, very skinny. And his, his pants were very high. <laughs> was, uh, Brian footage. Those are, He's wafishly thin, and his pants are up to his neck. That sounds amazing. Uh, <laughs> Justin Robert Young. Justin R. Young on Twitter, everybody. So follow him there uh, if you have grievances or love to shower on him. Either way, he's there for you. Justin, have a great week. Light Talk me up. Later. Bye. Light him up. Oh, I shouldn't say that out loud because that's what my my echo does when Is I turn on your, all the lights. Uh, yeah, you didn't say you didn't say uh, your echo show's oh, name. Oh, right. Let's see if it works. Hold yeah. on. Uh, lights out. Uh huh. Blast, blast, blast. Oh, it didn't Lights. Uh huh. No, but it froze your camera for me. Oh, I don't it did? Know what, why it did that? What? Now it's back to normal. Oh. oh, maybe you were just sitting really still when you were looking back there. <laughs> I think I was just screen. being, I think I was holding really still. Is that what that was? Wow. Uh, all right. A thing we missed yesterday, or yeah, yesterday, because we didn't have a show. Mm -hmm. We usually do a mashup uh, from Jamie. And so we're going to do one now. Uh, so open your hearts and your minds and listen to what Jamie had to say. So here's the thing. He goes and he finds dumb stuff we say during the week, and then he makes a, a little mashup out of it. And we say a lot of it, too. Yeah, and we rarely remember it. But today, we'll be reminded. This is called My Orca. Here it is. I'll get your Spider-Man. Spider-Man! We've got a new alien race that only attacks people's feet. We must take all of our <laughs> shoes off and walk around the Enterprise barefoot. Your feet have no honor. Sedona Sam. Sedona Sam, I'm going to catch that darn rabbit. Wander into town, pulling out his guns. Shut up and go. Shut up and go. Where did you feel? Where did you go? After all this. I've got a big old kitty. Hello, big old kitty. Hello, kitty. You big old kitty. You big old kitty. Ernie, you never, you always leave one square of toilet paper on the roll. And Ernie, <laughs> Ernie, shut the door, Ernie. Tell me what you've got there. I want to put it on my body. Does your throb? Mine's throbbing. Yeah, mine's totally, mine's totally throbbing. <laughs> <laughs> I have a boner. My car's cool. And that girl's sure pretty. And let's go to school. Charlie says. Charlie says. <laughs> I'm a piece of shit. Grandpa Scott, what did Valley Girls sound like? Well, I have a song that I can play for you, Come man. Over here is her name was Moon Unit. <laughs> and her dad was famous for music, but she was shitty then and now. I think these, uh, these did work better straight, eh? Hey, what do you think about that? Uh, I gotta take a wicked piss. So I was listening to... <laughs> This doesn't sound like a scrotum problem. My old dog Spot. Aurora wrote a poem about my dog. You you want to you want to hear it? Want to hear how? 
James Gilbert Quartang of Palma de Mallorca, Spain. I'm getting none of these Palma names. de Mallorca. Thank it's you. Mallorca. Mallorca. That's what Mallorca. you say. It's when uh, when you're at SeaWorld and the big whale dies, you go, Mallorca! Mallorca! What has happened to <laughs> Mallorca? <laughs> That's a good one, Jamie. Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah, the the nice disarray work. of the two of us trying to sync up with lag and sing a song together is is the standout. Oh, yeah, that. always. Always. We get the, I love it when a song will come up and then we try to sing it at the same time. Actually, it's probably yeah. more on me because they're hearing my feed, so I have to, I have to be better right. about matching it up. But yeah, that you was, have to uh, somehow sing along with me by waiting a millisecond to sing along with me or something. <laughs> yeah. Sure. That'll, 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 I can't see how that would not I'm work. I'm sure it'll work 100% of the time, all the time. That's for sure. All right. Uh, here's what else is for sure. The show is over. That means that we'll be back tomorrow. We got more to do then. Uh, for those asking where Skim went, it is happening tonight. We're going to do it with our recently married guests here at the house and uh, record a little mm. something for that. So that did not. It'll be a skimming company. Indeed. Every, Skim, skimming friends. Every, everything from yesterday got bumped. It just happened because of the wedding. So uh, if you want, that, you'll get that tonight. You want Boop Show with Brian Dunaway. That'll happen today at 3.30. There is no current geek because Tom is on his way to his trip. Um, and I think that's everything. Oh, and I, there's no way I'm going to get Frog Pants plays in today. I have too much to do and clean up. Oh, yeah. It's sure. not going to happen. Now. Come, come on. Be reasonable, people. No video games He's for me He's not today. a machine. No. I can't play video games for your enjoyment. Although I'm also still, I'm in this part of the scary game that I've um, been playing through where I'm stuck in a room and I can't get out. So I still got to figure that out. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> I'm literally, I think it's a bug because I, there's no, I can't find a way out. Like literally oh, no. stuck in this place. The door's shut. The lo- Everything's locked. I've looked every corner, crevice, hole, up and down, all around. There's nothing in there. Hold the lever. I've read the note five times. <laughs> I've checked the... <laughs> Basically, it's just a big mess. But anyway, uh, just keep your eye on the calendar. Gene, you just put a link in the chat room. If you're looking for that, you can go to frogpants.com slash podcast. Also, don't forget to support us over at patreon.com slash TMS. And if you're looking for that and everything else that we have linked to and do, that's over at frogpants.com slash TMS. All right, we should play a song. Do you have one? What are we doing? I do. This is one that uh, was going to be on tap for Thursday, but we're pulling it out today. Uh, Nancy Roden says, hi, sexy and beautiful. Since you asked, can I request a birthday song? I'm just getting home from work, and today's my birthday, August 8th. I don't have a song in mind, but luckily, I believe in Brian's song-picking ability. I guess I could give you a few prompts if you like. And uh, and, and Nancy mentioned Tool. Oh, cool. uh, Tool just came back uh, with a new, brand new album that comes with a video screen or, or something. We talked about it uh, last week or the week before. Brand new Tool album. Um, how about a... Uh, we haven't done a chip tune in a while. This is from... The Hunt for Yoshi is the name of the band. They put out an album in 2006 called Nintendo Goes 90s, where they make 90s songs, rock songs, sound like um, they're you're being uh, they're being played on a Super Nintendo. Oh, nice! Uh, this is their version of Tools' Anima, 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 Anima. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Your pronunciation may vary. A-E-N-I-M-A. That's the song, not the thing that goes up your butt. Here is the Hunt for Yoshi covering tool. We'll see you tomorrow.
This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Dude, duct tape is a tool.